Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to what I believe is episode 285 of the Super J Cast, recording on November 29th, 2023. Um, your ears are not deceiving, y'all. We are still in the middle of World Tag League Takeover. And this go around, you get to hear the dulcet tones of myself, Nicole Rito. Or booze, as since Joel completely refuses to use my government name. And with me on the mic today is a returning World Tag League takeover compatriot, padre, partner in crime, though this is the first time we were actually on a mic together, Curtis from the podcast Okada's Shorts. How's it going, Curtis? That's right. I'm good. I'm good, Booze. Like, I, I'm going to start calling you Booze, too, because I don't think I've ever referred to you as Nicole. No, that's all right. But... uh <laughs> it's just a thing. You're going to have to accept it. Uh, yes, my name is Curtis Spears. I'm from the uh, Okada Shorts podcast. I've been on this podcast a couple of times, uh, once as a uh, World Tag League Takeover uh, correspondent. Uh, my, we were put together, my, myself and Rafe Houston uh, from the Faces and Fields cast, were put together to cover uh, the 
super juniors uh where i th- oh it was oh it was hiromu and despi uh had a match and that was absolutely fantastic and he and i had such a great time on that uh that we were contacted by the count out podcasting network and they asked us to start our own new japan podcast uh so yeah uh, it looks like uh joel and damon are proud papas they're proud podcast daddies of the okada shorts podcast we've uh we've been back on the show once to talk about uh new japan tamashi when it started and um this so this is my third appearance on the show i know that you've had multiple uh you've been on here what's like six seven eight times yeah i think so this is only i make it sound like you know like i'm fucking jay leno or something um i think like the only my second appearance uh this year but yeah i did not have (laughs) i did not have such a lovely slate of shows for my first world tag league super junior tag league like you did i did not get a hiromu despi match i was getting like fucking gbh versus house of torture and yeah yeah i wasn't yeah i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't getting the good stuff and then i had like a couple strong shows too so i had yeah i was i was not as uh as blessed with a slate with a slate of shows that go around I miss strong now that now that you mention it. I really do miss the t- tuning in and seeing like studio wrestling once a week. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I didn't watch every week, but like you could just tune in randomly and see some pretty great matches. Yeah, no, that um granted, I I guess maybe we might be at a point where we're having to pour one out for strong like completely if we get this yeah. fake triple crown thing. Seems like a thing. I, I did do a uh, an entire rant about it on the latest episode of the Okada Shorts podcast uh, plug. But, like, I'm so upset that our title was just disrespected like that. Like, okay, granted, it's not the, it's not the title that has the longest, you know, heritage. Um, but, dude, like that's our belt. You can't even, you can't even have, you know, a, a B list guy like Eddie Kingston lose a D list title to one of our guys. Like you, you got to disrespect us like that. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. Let's be honest at this point, that strong title might be one of our longer lineage titles from a singles perspective. <laughs> it, it really does kind of seem that way. Like uh, it's what the like fourth, fourth belt tier you know fourth tier belt and it's like a c or d tier down here and um yet it's still the one that's been around longer than all the other belts now because is the the us uk title is officially retired now or is it getting retired at wrestle kingdom i don't know it got hit by a comedy mallet so i, I think i think it's it got it, gallagher it, it it got the fiend that 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 was david finley's tribute to bray wyatt <laughs> Was was busting out this big fuck all mallet and then just this is my ring this is my ring you can't no, no one can come in it without my permission. Oh my god! I <laughs> I almost spit tea all over my laptop when you said that. Thank you very much for that. That's what that's what I'm here for. Um, and this I'm I'm gonna we we got a bunch of lovely questions, none of which are World Tag League related. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, but this uh, is talking, segueing into the Eddie Kingston make a wish, um, triple crown yeah. thing going on. He wants he wants to be Junakiyama, goddammit. Oh, just 
Uh, so Dad Bod God, who, um, unless I'm mistaken, Jay Ruzi Min, who is part of the, I think they call themselves World Dad League podcast duo, <laughs> yeah. uh, the two dads who are also returning, have returned for another World Tag League takeover. Also a huge Lance Archer fan, so he is probably just living his best life right now. Um, oh, man. Oh, sent the question of, do you think Kevin Kelly leaving NGPW for AEW not only had to do with money and travel, but also his experience with the G1 and those new G1-like tournaments AEW is doing? And also has the NJPW strong belt uh, dead now? I don't know about the status of the belt, because honestly, I'm not going to believe that the strong belt is part of this triple crown thing until it actually kind of physically, we actually kind of see it happen on screen because new Japan themselves have spoken on social media, very little, if at all about this triple crown thing. Um, so I'm yeah, not, isn't it supposed to be defended at battle in the Valley, like in January. Right. So I don't know, you know, they're not hyping it up. This, this whole, um, I know AEW calls it the C2 or it's being nicknamed C2. I just call it the E. I was calling it the A1. I call it the E1 <laughs> anti-climax. That works. That works too. Um, I like that. But but on the Kevin Kelly, I don't think Kevin Kelly leaving had anything to do with his experience calling G1 like tournament matches. Because no no no. Well, here here's the reason why. Because I refuse to believe that Tony Khan had planned out in a, that far in advance <laughs> whenever he rolled up to Kevin Kelly's doorstep with a with I'm presuming as a Trinks Brook full Trinks Brinks truck Trinksbrook. full of money Innsbruck Austria. <laughs> Um, which, which Kevin Kelly deserves all that money. I'm not mad, uh, but I refuse to believe that there is any world that Tony Khan had planned out far enough in advance that he was going to do this tournament. Yeah. And as such was like, Hey, Kevin, um, here's a bag full of money. And my plan for you is you're going to be the lead broadcaster on my own G1 style tournament. Cause, cause of your knowledge. No, not that at all. Because no. I, Absolutely because not. I get the vibes of this tournament is just the wrestling version of throwing your toys out the pram and you're having a fit and you're all up in your feels because your fan base is so mad that you've become more sports entertainment than sports and you're just an arrogant fuck that sat there looking like a fucking Anoki cosplayer going, well, if, <laughs> if, if you don't like it, just, just put your money where your mouth is. Cause, cause I'm giving you a tournament that's, that's interference free, except Jay White won by bullshit. But apparently we're not allowed to talk about that because AEW's back because there was nobody at ringside. Huzzah. Nah, man. Dude, did Jay White really win by interference in a no no bullshit um, I, I, tournament? It wasn't it wasn't interference per se, but it was kind of like oh, it, I, I think it was no, like no, a no. some sort of like nut shot or something like that. I'm, I'm going to be honest, kids. I don't watch AEW. I didn't watch it. Me like at this point, all I'm doing is watching gifs of clips of Tom, uh, Tom, uh, the Takoyaki Tummy Ibushi in whatever eight man tag. He gets he gets enticed to like hop on a fucking plane and hang out for like a, like three days in America before fucking back off to Japan. I I have to I have to talk about that. I saw and I I ranted about this for quite a bit on our show, the Okada Shorts Podcast plug, and um, 
yeah, anyone who's going to fucking, I saw a lot of people body shaming Kota Ibushi, and I know that you are the resident Ibushi scholar, Ibushi lover. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about um, not 100% shredded Ibushi? Kota Ibushi is 42 years old, and and, yep. and it's very clear that if you watch Ibushi throughout the entirety of his career, and there's plenty of it on like Internet Archive and YouTube and Billy Billy and Wrestle Universe, um, not New Japan World because they haven't gotten that back catalog up yet. But you can tell that there is, well, Bushi's always kind of been like a good looking dude and never really had like too much fat on him. It really wasn't until 2019 that he became like super shredded. Oh my God, you could probably bounce pennies off his abs, right? And and his butt and his butt and and just and you know he, now do we think that's all natural? Maybe I, oh, right? No. I I don't know. So I uh, your people your mileage is going to vary on how much you believe that that is just pure God given. All of a sudden you come back from concussion and you are fucking ripped, right? Yeah. Um. Yep. And I think one can presume that a, let's say, drawback, maybe, of not being with New Japan anymore, is that maybe he can't get access to that to that awesome Wagyu that made him that fucking ripped. Or maybe he doesn't want to be that ripped, because as we know, and we've seen it plenty of times, yes, um, performance-enhancing drugs can help you heal, but they can also um, kind of fuck you up a little bit. And make it so that maybe it can lead to a lot more injuries exactly. too. Exactly. Um, he does not need that. Right no, now. no, he doesn't. Because because apparently he can't go a fucking week without getting injured. Did you see? Did you see on Twitter <laughs> in the lead up to the Like a Dragon Street Fight, as presented by Sega, that he busted his fucking knuckles? Ow. What, the, what was he doing? Punching a wall like Goldberg or something? I don't know. I think it was just, I, I have no idea. But in typical Kota Ibushi fashion, instead of, I don't know, going to like a fucking doctor immediately, he, he takes a photo of, at this time, these amazingly fucked up, busted knuckles. Blood is pouring everywhere to the point where the way he's taking the shot of the knuckles, blood is on the floor, on his feet. And he's like, oh, yeah, I trained a little hard. It's like, bro, all your knuckles are fucking bleeding like stuck pigs. Jesus, kid, come. He's he's um he's not right in the head, no. is he? No, he's a little touched. I love that yeah. guy. But 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 in terms of the as I like to lovingly refer takoyaku takoyaki tummy abushi. Look, man, at this point in your career, if you don't want to be like a one shredded, less than half a percent of body fat uh i got no problems with that you're you're in your early 40s you're you're a world of you know wrestling a newsletter observer hall of famer you have done everything in your career everything that really needs that could be done in a career is basically done in ring yeah what i would say though is that if you don't want to commit to that level of training and that level of shreddedness, again, I got no problem with it. Just change your, just change your style. 
because I sat because yeah. I sat and I watched that ten man tag um, that he did in Gleet at Sumo Hall, which he did um, not have uh, having been the day before in the fucking hospital for like tonsillitis or some shit. Where the day before he was tweeting, going, "Yeah, I've got to convince the doctors to let me out to do this match," and I think he did. Jesus, and I think he did that match with like a fucking fever. Like everybody was like, "Yo," um, but he does the match, and he does this spot where he's doing a dive off of the top of the entrance from, I guess, like the concourse of Sumo Hall into um, the arena proper, and it's a dive he's done before in DDT. Um, at least once, if not a couple of times, but to watch the setup for this dive where he's moving at half speed and it's taken forever for him to get up the steps and then to get positioned over the ledge. And I'm just laughing the entire way because I knew what was coming and I'm like, oh, you, you crazy, stupid motherfucker. But that's the type of stuff that he clearly thinks that we want, expect, need as fans. And there are some people that saw that and were like, oh, we're back. We're back. Kodo Ibushi's back. And I'm like, I don't know how you watch that and you think he's back. No, he's he's playing the hits. He's doing the, the festival circuit right now and just doing a greatest hits album. And he is. And it's kind of like, it's not like... Metallica playing the greatest hits where they work things at now a slightly slower pace because they admit that, you know, Lars Ulrich can't drum as fast as he used to drum, right? James Hetfield is not shredding as fast as he used to shred, but they still sound sound great. And you watch videos and it's like, oh, that still looks like a really good time compared to Genesis doing one last tour, playing the hits, where you got Phil Collins, who can't even sit upright in a chair, just kind of slumped over, and you're just worried, is, is he going to drop dead in the middle of singing Land of Confusion? And he de- Actually, right? don't, put that, don't put that evil on my man, Phil Collins, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Phil Collins, but um, watching clips from that tour, that, that was painful. I'm sorry. That hurt a lot watching that. And you sit there and you go. They, they are like 104. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, and Father Time has snatched his ass. And Father Time is undefeated. And Father Time has come for Koto Ibushi. And you want to play the hits. That's fine. But you are not in the current physical shape because you only wrestle once a quarter to play the hits like you want to play them. And yeah. I would say transition to a more ground and pound type of style like your hero, Shinji Hashimoto. Just keep, just keep kicking. Don't jump off anything. Right. Just keep, just kicking. keep kicking. You can, you can grapple fuck with the best of them. I yep. mean, that hit the 2021 G1 match against Great Khan. I think my, oh, um, might be Great Khan's best singles match. If it's not the, if it's not the best, I would put it in number two because it's one of the few instances of Okan getting to show off what he can actually do when you're not putting him into a traditional New Japan wrestler box, when you let him lean into all this actual shoot training that he has, he can actually be a very compelling wrestler. 
and stand you out. You really can't. I've had this. I've had this discussion with Rafe on on our show a couple of times. The Okada Shorts podcast plug, and um, we. I mean, everybody sees that Okan's evolving. Something's going to change. Something's going to happen. I would love for him to lean into that shooter gimmick and just just start fucking people up. Just start claiming legs. Just start claiming elbows. Just taking people, throwing them from one end pillar to post. Man, that would be fantastic stuff. And I don't think, and, and we can kind of, I guess, maybe use this to kind of transition into um, actual world tag league goodness. Yeah, we, what we're supposed to be here well, for. Well, I mean, I, I mean, last year I did a world tag league show where I spent an hour talking about opera in a three-hour show. So, you know. Yeah, that's um, true. It's, not, it's really not a Super J-Cast episode if, if we're not spending, you know, 30 minutes or so at least talking I should have known better than to mention Kota Ibushi in front of Nicole, well, <laughs> in front of Booze Leprechaun. I, 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 like, I'm kind of shocked that I, that I haven't gotten the question, that I didn't get the question. I was waiting for somebody to give me, the, I was fully expecting somebody to give me on Twitter the Kota Ibushi question, and I did not get it. Um, so... I'd be. But but to answer your question, Dad Bod God, uh, no, Kevin Kelly. Uh, I don't think that the G one had anything to do with his decision. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but 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 with World Tag League, you know, we're you know we're, we're talking. We we've tri- we've somehow segued in the Great Ocon and change. And I don't I don't know if Great Ocon is changing. So um, him and Hanari. Or as I like to call them, a uh, holy semen army. Holy semen army. I'm, That's a fucking winner. I'm trying to pull up. That's a preview. I want World Tag League Night Seven update because that's the closest so far on the website, and I don't think these these results may not be completely up to date, but at least as of uh, November 28th, posting of the A Block. Set up Great Ocon and Hinari. Um, and this may be up to date. Four points uh, out of a possible yeah, a little bit middle of the road. Mi- little middle of the road out of eight. Um, they're just you know two points behind the logjam at the top of TMDK and Shoda Ren, or as I'm calling them, um, R2M. For Rewa Two Musketeers, I I like that. That's I I don't I I don't know how they've got this Rewa Three Musketeers thing going when like there's so many great. uh, Well, we'll look at Oiwa in a second. We'll look at Yuya in a second. You know, we'll look at Yoda Suji in a second. They've all been here, but like these two are part of a, the, the triple threat of the Rewa three musketeers, but like, there's so like, are there three more musketeers directly behind them? And if so, like, do we call it the six musketeers? Like there's so many good choices when it comes to young talent in this, in this company, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You, you almost want to call it something other than the Rewa three musketeers, something like, I don't know, like Rewa easy company or something, right? <laughs> uh, Rewa magnificent seven. Yes. Um, or we've almost got that many, you know, if we add Gabe kid, um, if we, if we, if, oh my if we don't God. care, please let's never forget about Gabe uh, kid. I love that motherfucker. I, I don't think Gabe kid would let you, let you forget about him. Nope. 
So, but yeah, so Holy Seaman Army is sitting at four points, middle of the pack. And I don't, you know, they got their wins over House of Torture and uh, surprisingly, uh, Kiyomiya in Oiwa. That was not the one that I was, uh, if I if I had it plugged onto, you know, if you'd asked me before, where do I think they're getting points from? I didn't think they would get points off of them, but. It's it's funny because you're seeing Hanare is getting such a great reaction from the crowd, like multiple times in their that the opening uh, Korokin shows, he was getting like huge ovations from the crowd. Like I know that Hanare is like beloved; they've seen him grow up and stuff like that. I didn't know that they were like out and proud for Hanare. That was so cool, and that's been kind. Yeah, so that that's been a thing that our our final finally his transition into more of a of of the shooter gimmick that we would like to see Okan get into. Because I'm not sure if they were that behind him when he was doing that weird kind of Chono cosplay when he first joined United Empire. I like that one. He kind of he he reminded me of like a hitman, like a hired muscle kind of guy. He did, but. My Chono cosplay is that that's the right answer though. That was a hundred percent. My 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 greater issue with it was just that yeah, you know, you're you're the hired muscle that was perfectly fine. But it was more in the presentation. And I can't I have trouble taking you seriously as the hired muscle Chono guy when all your finishers are named after video game moves. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, like he's he's wearing those inspirations on his uh, on his sleeve. I guess is the the best way you can put it. But like, yeah, maybe you need to do something a little bit badder ass than that. I think the new like fa- uh, was a face of fury, uh, like you know Thai Thai boxing and and Muay Thai inspiration is is fucking fantastic. It really does seem like he's reached final evolution of what we can expect from Henare. And I'm, I I was originally surprised that they didn't put the strong title on him uh, after, after beating, you know, someone like Eddie Kingston. Uh, But now like that, we've seen how the uh, strong title is evidently going to be a a new triple crown uh, part of AEW's belt. Like, nonsense i'm so upset about it but like uh, i guess i shouldn't have been that surprised um i really thought they were going to pull the trigger and get an aria belt it's so odd that he still hasn't had a belt yet i i, I don't know why he, he seems perfect for the never like the strong open weight title something that was held by uh you know the likes of tom lawler like that seems like a belt that hanare could hold and really like make some noise with so uh i i, I would like to see that i i'm as far as Okan goes, I'm a huge Okan nerd. My wife is a huge Okan nerd. We both love him very much, and we're very excited to see where he's going. But um, it's very slow getting there, and it's it's kind of odd because my wife is um, she's only been watching New Japan for a few years. She started watching New Japan in about 2019, and um, I've had to explain to her like he's not just going to one day show up and he's going to be dressed completely different. He's not going to just one day show up and he's going to be a brand new character. He's going to evolve something. Something is going to happen that like, uh, like when we were watching the match where Okan got his hair cut by Moxley and I said, that's, that's a seed. 
And she's like, what do you mean? I said, that is a seed that's been planted. That's going to continue to grow into what he becomes next. And, um, she's, she's kind of seeing that now that she's seen that he's not coming out with his braid anymore, which she says she misses. And I, I feel bad for her, but, um, I'm, I'm excited and we're both excited to see what's happening with those two. Do I think they're going to, you know, make a lot of noise here in the world tag league? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? No. I don't even like Okan got his hair snipped by Yano two years ago. Yeah, but he he right? wasn't ready. He wasn't primed for a new uh, for a new evolution. He wasn't primed to take off into uh, in, into a new character just yet. Like he was still he was still the hopping vampire muscle for uh, for United Empire. He like he might well become the new leader of uh, U- uh, UE Japan, uh, U- UEJ. You know. Um, we we don't know exactly what's going on with that yet. So like this this new Ocon might might be uh you know the the hair cutting's not it. That's not all. Of course, this big win or lose win streak. I wish this big losing streak that he's on. Um, you know, getting caught out by opponents that he should be beating easily. This is all part of it. Like something big is coming for Ocon, and it might be that he heads up a faction soon. I don't know. I was like, I want to believe, but I also kind of feel like maybe that boat has sailed and he's getting lapped by all these guys that have come back after him. It really seems like it. It really seems like it, but I'm holding out hope. So, but overall, as a team, they've been fine. Um, I, I loved the match against house of torture oh it was a ton of fun wasn't it excuse me um yeah <laughs> no i was just taking a <laughs> I sip I was of water go off. sorry about that no that's all right um but also side note last night's um what i'm calling night seven was a awesome um example of one match card Right, because this match lasted, I think, less than three minutes. Right. Oh, the 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 last uh, Ocon Ocon and uh, Hanare match. Yeah, it was the when you say one match card, we're talking about the night seven, the um, Kaito and um, yeah. Oiwa versus Ren and Shooter. I mean, when you when you want to put four of the youngest hottest dudes uh, in the company and and in another company for the time being on a pedestal like you kind of don't want anybody else to outshine that and it sucks but it's like all the other all the other matches kind of have to be a bit duller than that one amazing stupendous showcase you know like you if you want to showcase a piece of art you want to showcase the mona lisa you know you don't want to have people uh, looking at Jackson Pollock's and and Rembrandt's and stuff on the way in. You know, you want them to you want them to be looking at finger paintings from uh, <laughs> from from a kindergarten class. You want them to see stuff that's that's nice, but it's not impressive. So that they're more impressed when they get to what uh, what's waiting for them to 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 really show off later. No, no, no. I'm I'm less complaining about the overall quality of the matches and more in the match time. 
right? So last, oh, okay. right? So that that night seven show. So House of Torture, Holy Semen Army. That doesn't even go five. Maybe that goes three minutes because, like, from Jump Street, you get you got all the House of Torture shenanigans. They hit those check marks like real fast. Okan hits the mist. Boom. One, two, three. We're fucking out of here. We're, all, we're already going to the back, having a good time. Um, yeah. Love the mood of mist. Good yeah. times. What were the other matches um, from that night? I have my notes sitting right here on me. Jeez. Um, are we going match by no, match no, on no, the no, car? No, we're not we? going match, match by match on the car, but just to kind of illustrate what I, I mean when I was saying that. Uh, okay. One match card, you know, TMDK, Chaos, that lasted less than 10. And the same thing with um, um, War Dogs and Gates of Agony, that, that that was a barely five-minute match. I think the five-minute call happened, and then, boom, we were, like, going in, into the finish. So that's what I mean when, when, in this case, I'm like, it's a one-match card. In that, okay, um, we do have Jackson Pollocks and we do have Remorants and we do have Van Gogh's, but we're we're, we're like we're, we're pushing you real fast. This is like Banksy going, you know, going to the gift shop kind of deal. Where we're just we're just moving you through, um, like cattle through a feeder through through these matches, so then we can get to um, the Oiwa Kiyomiya wrench shooter main event we should talk about those those two teams next because i think we can kind of say everything uh for for those two teams together yeah. um man alive uh so i i last year during the g1 uh you know the 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 crossovers that happened before i was saying you know I'm more of a Kano guy. Kaito is not him. I don't see it. Blah, blah, blah. Please don't let Kaito leave. Please don't let him leave. Make him stay. Make him stay in New Japan. Oh, my God. If if they're going to start poaching people from us, let's start poaching people from other, other companies. I really have enjoyed Kaito and Oiwa this, uh, this tournament. Oiwa looking like a fucking house now. Like he must be on that fucking really good Wagyu too, because that kid's got a chest the size of fucking a battleship, and um, he looks like the like if if you were to say like oh which one of these guys is gonna hit the uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title first? Is it gonna be Shooter? Is it gonna be Yuta? Like I might throw Oiwa in that fucking mix. He's good looking, char- charismatic as fuck. He's got the body. He's got the moves. Like that excursion has done him wonders and it's not even over yet. I'm loving what I'm seeing from these two. The funny thing with Kiyomiya is, and and this was like running through my head as I'm watching the main event last night is, so a couple years ago, Damien Abraham, who was the lead singer for um, Canadian punk band fucked up. He's also a huge wrestling fan. So he did, uh, so he did a, I think it's a 10 or a 12 episode uh, series for Vice called The Wrestlers. And it's him traveling around the world, kind of showing off different avenues of wrestling. And it's a really interesting series because he does a thing in Mexico with Phoenix and Pentagon before they blew up. Oh, cool. 
he does a thing on this real kind of interesting, almost kind of alpha omega of the indie scene. So he's, he's, he's featuring and talking with like Darby and, um, Fred Yahi, uh, Yehi or Yehi. Yehi. Um, but also like MVP as for like the other end of things. And they're like really good friends. You know, oh, he, cool. he spends time in Japan doing, um, like, death matches. So there's this great opening sequence where he's in um, uh, the, the uh, is it Tokodan? The, the the wrestling shop that's like the holy grail of if, if you want to buy it and it's wrestling related, it's it's probably in this shop. I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh, um, not, uh, not Helming Mask. No. Um, no, okay. But it, it, everybody's like probably screaming and yelling it at me right now and going, you're, not, you're, you're a fake freak. But he goes in, but Damien goes in there and he sees that up for sale is the barbed wire bat or a barbed wire bat that had been used by Oneida. He's like, my wife is going to kill me. And then he pulls out his <laughs> wallet, buys the bat because then we see that he is meeting Oneida. And the first thing he does is he gets Oneida to sign the bat. One of the Hell other yeah. things he does, and this is where we're going to get to talk about Ki- where, where I'm leading to with Kiyomiya, is that he does an episode following this little indie promotion in Canada that goes off into the western hinterlands of Canada where a lot of the their indigenous population is and brings wrestling to them. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we can only go this time of year because this is when the ice is frozen over and we can travel over the roads. And you're seeing how like the wrestling coming into town is one of the things, one of the bright spots for these in these communities and who is part of this wrestling troupe, but this young Japanese kid that is on excursion, Kaido Kiyomiya. That's awesome. That's so much fun. And he's baby fit. He's clearly baby face. This is like 2015, 2016. And it's just one of these things where now having watched that and then in knowing even at that time where Kiyomiya ends up, it's just one of those wild things. It's fun to see these kids out on excursion. Like that's one of the cool things about living in England is getting to go to rev pro shows and like see Yoda Suji and see shooter when they're, they're still just like little babies, you know, it's fun. Yeah. And then, and then, and, or even great Okan, right. Cause, cause that's where he was like perfecting oh, yeah. his, his, um, his gimmick that everybody thought would disappear the, time, the, the, the second he came back to Japan. Yeah. By the time I got here, Okan was basically a finished product. He was just waiting for the call home. So I, I don't, I didn't get to see baby Okan. Um, cause I, I moved here in 2018. So like he was already like ready to go. He was, he was finished and they were just waiting to pull him out of the oven at the right time. So I didn't get to see little, little Oka, uh, unfortunately, but it was cool seeing him before he, uh, he got to go and, and having a lot of, uh, experiences seeing him like at rev pro since then, like that's where, where my wife's like, um, uh, met him multiple times and, and been so like enamored with him. She thinks he's just the, the, the massive like Japanese star. She loves seeing him. So, um, that's pretty cool. Like getting to have those experiences, uh, with them, uh, w- w- you know, growing up in America, I thought, you know, wrestlers were just people you see on the TV, you know? Um, but now these people I've been watching for, for years, I get to see them develop and, and see where they go from there. And it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, it's a good time. I would suggest getting to uh, go and watching these companies wherever you can. If you can see a CMLL show, go do it. If you can see a RevPro show, go do it. Uh, you know, PWA, uh, like you're going to see some some um, NJPW talent down in PWA. So like that, that seems like a thing. Go do it. It's awesome. See, this is where I want to make a joke about like PWA and Tamashi. And I'm like, no, but I, I got I, I got to see that for when we talk about B Block. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so so let's talk about also um do you have any any thoughts on kimian and noiwa yeah um very very similar to yours i i wasn't i wasn't sure how this tag team was going to go when it was first announced that oiwa is going to uh spend his time in noah and he's going to team up with kiyomiya because at that point kiyomiya just come off of uh a not flattering run of not performing as well in the G1 as a lot of fans were expecting in terms of points. I mean, the in-ring stuff was great, but, and then the whole thing with Okada and Muto. And I think I even said on the podcast that from a K, from a kayfabe perspective, why, if you're a young lion, would you want to hitch your wagon to this dude that had just kind of gotten bitched out by Okada and, bitched out by Mudo and then rolls into our biggest tournament and doesn't even, you know, make it to the, to the semifinals, right? Like what, what was it about Kiyomiya that within the, the universe standpoint would, would make Oiwa say, okay, that's where I want to go have my, my excursion. I want to hitch my wagon to this dude. And then they came back and they proved proved to me why this was a thing. Because, yeah, Oiwa looks like a guy. And, and I don't mean that in the, in the derogatory, just a guy sense. But he came back looking like one of those, oh, okay, yeah, you could be the guy. You are definitely going to be a guy in the company and somebody that is going to do some things and – who knows if the stars align right or if they get new bookers, you might be the guy doing really special things for a period of time. And they just For sure. He's got superstar written all over him. And they just and they just work well together. They've got some nice tag team maneuvers. You can see that Kiyomiya, you know, cares for Oiwa. You know, Oiwa's kinda, of, you know, getting his ass kicked and Kiyomiya's trying to get into the ring to you know, it's 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 not also how it could have come off as all right. Here's the here's the ace of Noah, and I've got my some to, to a degree how sometimes it's feeling with Uemura in just five guys, where we joke about or somewhat joke about Yuya being Sonata, uh, Sonata's young boy, right? And. <laughs> I hadn't heard those jokes. That's fucking, that's, woo, okay. Right, but but, but sort of that vibe of you came back from excursion and we are immediately just like sidelining you into being second or third string behind Sonata and Tai Chi in this this faction. And you're the one eating pins on on these undercard matches that are supposed to be setting up are very ice cold Wrestle Kingdom main event. You know, when you would think that 
oh, you know, this this is this is the kid that could use a couple of pins. And I was yeah, also really show what he's made. Right. Of. And I was kind of worried to a degree that the Kiyomiya Oiwa relationship would be that similar kind of vibe of here's this top guy, this this recognized ace of his promotion. And then he's got a New Japan young lion that is is just around and is having, you know, and it feels more like a proper tag partnership. Where if you it really does, it feels like they've developed together. Where if 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 it was just in a vacuum and I didn't know any better, and you just throw this match on without any commentary that I can understand to where where it would give me the context clues of where Kiyomiya that Kiyomiya is from a different um, promotion and that Oiwa is still considered a young lion or just you know I'm not even sure if he's formally graduated, even though he's got the horrible highlights in his hair. And the, and the <laughs> pants. But if I was just to watch that match in a vacuum, I would come away going, oh, man, this is a really great tag team. What are they going to do next? Do, do they win the belt? What happens kind, kind of deal. And I think that's great. I think that's great for Oiwa to develop in that way. Um, I like how it's a little out of the box. There's There's been all this discussion and hand, hand-wringing about how New Japan is developing their young lions and the question of the speed and the method because for so long it's okay. They spend this amount of time training behind the scenes and then we're going to let them debut and then they're going to sit in black trunks for Y amount of years. And then we just kind of send them off on excursion and we hope you forget about them. So then in another two to three years, when they finally come back home, they're they're different. They're they're formed differently, and you know, in that normal what has been the normal or traditional New Japan um, progression for a dojo boy, and now we've got these things of, oh, we're we're going to send our kid off to a rival promotion that up to this up to very very recent times was not considered a partner promotion, right? Like. Would there would there be any thought, and not uh, in the terms of hey maybe Gato should not be Booker anymore, if when Okada was coming up, they go you know what we're gonna do we're gonna send Okada to DDT for his excursion, right? Well, I mean, just because it, it's never been done before doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the right thing to do. Because I mean, it's obviously working wonders for Oiwa. You know, yes, and 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 Noah's going to be drawing larger crowds than you would see in like RevPro. It's, I mean, maybe a CMLL, probably not, but like definitely the, then you're going to be seeing over here. You're going to be seeing lots of bigger shows uh, with Noah, right? And 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 I, and I think it's great that someone somewhere in New Japan is starting to think outside of the box by their standards for yeah. talent. Don't just send them to the same three companies. Yeah. Send them this. Send them somewhere where you've, or or don't send them off at all. Just let them hang out here with with uh, TMDK. Yeah, or or you know they did send Fujita off with TMDK, but he spent what like two weeks with Robbie, and then came back um, looking very tan, nice, ni- <laughs> some nice earrings. I think he got even got like a, one of those gauge deals, right, where it's got like the whole like big. Yeah. I could stick my pinky through the hole in the in the ear. 
type of of, of jewelry. Um, oh, he came back full like '90s bad boy oh. with the, the earring, and the, you just see him with like a leather jacket and a dirt bike. You know, <laughs> he he came through the curtains for like Super Junior Tag League, and I was just like, um, "That's your ace. That's your future ace." Dude, he's so rad. If 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 Hiromu, we we were having all these also these conversations and this and we can use this to transition into into Narita and Umino. We're having all these conversations of God, can't believe Will didn't drop to shooter and that was the perfect moment and that was the perfect time. Um, just a very little side note: if Hiromu does not drop the belt after this run to Fujita, what are we doing? I think you're 100% right. I, I, I feel like this run that Hiromu's been on, everyone's like, oh, what's this doing for Hiromu? He's not proven. No, no, no. What he's doing is putting a huge shine on that belt by defeating person after person after person, name after name after name, so that when he done, finally does drop it, the next dude to hold it gets the the privilege of having been the one to unseat this masterful reign, this this huge run. Hiromu is going to hold that belt for a year or a year and a half or whatever, and it's going to shine it up real nice for some young lion to come back from excursion and and take from him. And oh my god, let it be Fuji. That would be so cool. I mean, on paper, this Hiromu run is the Okada run that led to Kenny dethroning him. And that, 100%. And, that, and that and that moment at Dominion, and we were just like, "Oh my god!" Right? If if Hiromu dropping the belt is not a similar moment to preferably Fujita, but Wado, I would have no problem with either. Again, what are we doing? Um, yep, it's got to be somebody. Got to be somebody new. It can't just be Despy. Unfortunately, it can't just be you know uh, uh, name any other guy. It's got to be someone who's got to make a name for themselves. The, the New Japan way right now is is definitely like creating stars for the future. And that's what they have to do. They've got, like we said, uh, Rewa fucking Magnificent Seven or whatever. They've got to they've got to start not just belting these guys up because that's not how you create a star. You've got to give these guys signature wins. You've got to give these guys momentum. And I think when you have all the, the, the good faith, uh, around someone like Oiwa around someone like Fuji, like you have to capitalize on that to, to garner them more momentum. You know what I mean? Like you've got to take, you've got to take that, that shock and surprise and that love of these, these guys that are, are so far ahead in their development. Cause they, they debuted after, uh, Yudo. Didn't they like Nakashima is still kicking around in, in black trunks, even though he debuted first. Yeah. Cause, cause, but like, cause, cause he debuted first and then within 30 injured. seconds of his debut, he gets injured. Um, I, th- I think he is stuck at this point. I, I think they almost want to send him and Loiba or do something t- together with the both of them. And I think they clearly feel that Loiba needs to stay in that young lion incubator a little bit longer. And, and I think Nakashima, because they seem to be doing these in pairs now, right? It's okay. Yeah. You, you might not be going to the same place together, but we kind of ship you off at the same time and kind of create this notion of rivalry when you come back. I think that's what I think Nakashima's just stuck in that in, in that case. 
Um, the- and, and I'm seeing developments from from the two of them that I would like to talk about if we can talk about the Young Lions in a little bit. But like the idea is these guys who debuted after other Young Lions that are still in black trunks right now are so supercharged. And they've already gone out on excursion early. They've already come back from excursion early. They're they're not officially back from excursion yet. Blah blah blah. Like this is so outside the box. This is so un unusual for New Japan. It's so cool to see, and the fans are responding to it. The 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 you know viewers at home are responding to it. We all want to see them take this momentum, this goodwill, and turn it into a fucking turn it into rocket fuel to shoot these guys at the goddamn moon. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move to, to um, R2M, uh, Shoda and Ren, or, you know, the dating simulator. But one last quick question. So Kiyomiya uh, Oyawa currently sitting at four points. Um, do we think that they ultimately come into, because they still have, um, let me just make sure I'm looking at this right they still have a uh, TMDK to face. I believe that could, that's going to be a great match. I'm really excited. Yeah. For so one. they face off against TMDK um, on Friday. I think that's their last opportunity. If they're going to become players into who moves on to the semifinals and the finals, I think that's their last opportunity to, to do that. Because then, you know, and then they would have the tiebreaker over Team TMDK, and you've got Ren and Shota that would have the tiebreaker over them. If we if we want to kind of you know have an idea for math wise, but do you do you think that they will have any major say into who goes on to to the finals out of A block, or do you think that they're going to come out of nowhere and and be end up being the A block finalists? I. At the beginning of this tournament, I would have said, no, no way are they going to win. But man, they've made a lot of noise. I think they're going to have a say because I think they're going to play spoiler for DMDK. And I think Ren and Shooter are going to uh, to move forward. Okay. Um, I disagree slightly on how I think that's going to play out. But we will we will get to my thoughts on that when we get a little bit further into the A block. Um, because next up, what we're going to do is we're going to transition to their opponents um, from night seven to um, Shooter and Ren, who are tied at the top of the card, at the top of the block, at six points, with wins over Holy Seaman Army, Kimia Oiwa, and Kates of Ag- Agony. Their only loss has been to War Dogs, and they've got um, Chaos TMDK and House of Torture left. House of Torture being their last block match, so I think that that doesn't that doesn't do well for my prediction. Right, does it? It, 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 well, it could go either way, right? But <laughs> it's it. it's it a lot of times that 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 final hot night ends up more often than not being some sort of spoiler situation. Um, today, apparently, um, on the undercard matches. Shooter gave Ren one of his little bracelets, so I think they're going steady now. They are. Uh, it, it is kind of like I saw. I saw it on Twitter. It was what if Tanahashi and uh, Shibata were twinks? 
And I, I love that. I love that description. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god! I, that that image is not going to leave my head now. Um, no, I would almost. No, it's, I, it's the best way you can possibly describe those two. I would almost go otters instead of twinks because they're because because they've got a little more, little more mass on them than twinks, but. But they're not full bears; they're yeah. just otters. Yeah. Okay. They're not cubs, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I love all these. These are great. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, we're, we're twink dating. Okay. All right. It's the it's the new golden lovers. It really was, yeah. and um, I I'm down for it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, here, I love them as a team, as a pairing. They're 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 starting to come together. They're two really great athletes being really great together. My I think though to a degree it kind of defeats or detracts the whole purpose of this Rewa Three Musketeers when if you were initially touting them as as with Suji, oh, these three are going to be battling against each other for, for a generation, right? There, there are three musketeers. They are what Shibata, Tanahashi, and Nakamura were, so on and so forth. And, you know, you know, this, this great trio for generation. And then what do you do at your first opportunity? You put two of them together in a tag. After, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it does kind of put everything back like you you would see these these people eventually as tag teams uh like we've seen okada and tanahashi as a tag team before and and things like that but that's way down the line this is this is very early in their in their uh book isn't it yeah and after a what i felt a very lackluster seven match series of shooter and friends trios against strong style and that just ended with everybody being friends except for Despi and Wado, who are just kind of frenemies. But everybody else gets to be some level of friendship. And then after these these seven these seven battles, we're all gonna hang out together and we're gonna be tag team partners for these upcoming tag shows. Right. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of odd, but it's I mean, I, I, what better way to get to know your friend than to fight together? I, I guess like I kind of would have. And I, and I think I think this ties back into an issue that Huntai as a unit has. And that at the moment, outside of Shooter, they really don't have anybody that is classified as a heavyweight that is not under the age of like 38 that isn't already in yeah, the tag. I, right. Because Hantai as a, as a unit is, has issues. is kind of fucked up. Yeah. It has a lot of issues from an age man standpoint, because what I would have and liked the to distinction have, standpoint, like who's, who's Hantai is God part of Hantai. Is that its own thing? What's I, going, like I, Hantai as a unit is completely fucked. Right. Um, I would because I would have liked to have seen Ren and Suzuki be a tag team because you form yes. because you form this this strong style right and the whole thing was you know Suzuki was gonna man up or strong style up or do whatever the fuck he was gonna do with Ren 
because he saw something there, but he, he, he felt he was just lacking something. And then have Umino with somebody, maybe a Tanahashi. I don't know, but Tanahashi can't take fucking pins right now because he's probably going to be beating Zach at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, for uh, for a belt meant for let me check my notes young wrestlers i think yeah. under the age of 32 right um it's the, it's the new u30 belt and he's gonna win it at 46 yeah um so that that's kind of because then in that scenario then you continue this rivalry between umino and narita and it could could actually be lead, and then you could actually lead to something like a Wrestle Kingdom match. Everyone is here sitting, going, and we'll talk about it in a second when we get into B Block. But everybody's like, "Oh, well, Suji, Suji and Uemura, that that that's leading to a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom." I don't think it is. I think if out of either of the any of these four, I think you have a better chance. You you had a better chance of it of Umino and Narita. I don't know what you're doing with either of them, either of them right now. So I guess yeah, you just slam them together as a tag team and just kind of go with it. I don't I don't see this tag team being together long term. I don't see them coming out of A block for the finals. I think they're going to get spoiled by House of Torture, and it's a fun tag team to watch while we have it. But I'm so I'm holding a little bit of my love. Because I don't think they're going to be together forever. I think this is like a high school first romance date and you go steady and then you go to prom and then summer happens and then you come back for the semester and you're not together anymore because you went on a summer vacation and you found somebody else. I think this is going to be this team. Okay. And I could definitely see that. I I mean, it could be that they, maybe they make it out of a block and they lose, uh, they lose the, the final and you know, that leads to a match with them at wrestle kingdom. I mean, we don't know where it's going. We've got to sit there and let the story finish out, but you're, you're not really feeling the a hundred percent on these guys. Are you? I feel them. I just, I, I I don't feel long term. I don't feel like this is something that will have the kind of legs to where we'll see them, you know, challenging for the belts in a meaningful way that you could actually sit there and go, oh, well, this I, I think they could actually come away with these belts. I don't think that's happening. I, this feels very, very placeholder. Like we we had an idea of what we wanted to do with Umino. And then that changed, and he's not the IWGP, US, UK, whatever the fuck we were calling that belt before it got the fiend by David Finley. And now we just, and because we didn't have plans anyway for Narita, passed a very stale trios with Despi and Suzuki. Um, so let's, let's slap them together as a tag team. Because we can't have him do anything else anyway, because with his strong style unit, because we've got Despy, we've we've slotted him out of seemingly nowhere into the main event. Oh, not the main event, but probably the semi-main, hopefully the semi-main at Wrestle Kingdom. 
So again, we have we, we need we need to get some warm bodies as tag teams into this World Tag League, and these cats have nothing to do for Wrestle Kingdom. So we're going to throw them together as a tag team. I love him. I'm having a great time. They work very well together. If this was to be a long term tag league um, tag team, I would love it. I just don't trust this company enough to do it. That's fair. That's completely fair. Here's one last question on these guys before we move on to somebody else. After the G1, everybody was down on Ren. Stonks were down. Stonks were way down on Ren. Um, how do you feel right now? Do you think that he's he's uh, stepped his game up a little bit? He's looking a little bit sharper in the ring? Or do you feel like maybe he's just kind of treading water at the moment? No, he, he's looking better than he did in the G1. Um, tag teams kind of help in that regards too, right? Cause you, you can kind of hide some things and you don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my greater issue with Ren was not the overall effort he was giving, even though at times you could question that, but it was almost more for me. It was like, well, his booking feels aimless without any direction and he's in this holding pattern. So I'm not exactly blaming him if he's not killing himself for night, you know, 12 of the G1 in Beppu. If he already kind of, if he already knows either instinctually or has been told, well, you're not going into the semifinals of the G1, you're just doing block stuff and then you're done. And if there's no, without a real sense of, Here's where your here's your immediate path of 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 performance. Well, yeah, why why would I kill myself in Pepu? I feel like maybe um putting all four of those those young guys, uh Kiyomiya included, into the one block with your world champion. And like we everyone was like, Oh, we got these um we got these storybook moments between them so that we can really like see how they work together and things like that. Or one of them gets a, gets a win over the other one who gets a win over the other one who gets a win over the other one. I I get it, but maybe putting them all in the one block together was not the best idea. Uh, Especially like when you're just going to have your world champions sun them all anyway. Like you can't even get a shock win over a world champion uh, to set something up down the line or bragging rights or something. I don't know. I just a block this year was kind of, I was down on it. So I, I don't know. I just think the, the young guys um, yeah. And Ren Narita especially um, wasn't feeling him coming out of the late summer. Uh, definitely feeling a lot better about him today. No, yeah, I mean, there's there's really no reason to be dumping the stonks of any of these guys because it's such early days. But I think at some point, I think Jay White came back and immediately, you know, jumped to, you know, the, the very top of the card and was such a finished product compared to everybody else that we've seen since upon his return. But I think, I think that spoiled a lot of fans and just as, and just as a lot of fans keep expecting 
that we're going to be back to like 2017, 2016, 2018, 2019 levels of work, work rate and performance, when in reality that's not going to happen. I think there is an unrealistic expectation of how our, our young lions look upon their return, right? And I think that's kind of factoring into this to why, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat guilty of it too, of sitting here and going, okay, I think, I don't think, I, I was high on this guy when he was a young lion, but he's back and I'm not seeing it. And I'm worried that I may have kind of invested in somebody that that's not going to go far when in reality it's like, um, they've only been back for, I mean, Ren has just been back for a year in shooter about the same amount of time. He, but he came back shortly after Ren, correct? By my timeline is yes. right. So yeah. they're barely back a year. Suji has only been back for three months. Yuya has been back for a month at this point now. Right. God, time doesn't exist. The time dimension is all messed up now. Yes. Because when you said you said you uh, Yoda's only been back, I was like, oh, it must have been eight nine months. And you're like three months. I was like, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> so, and and, and I, I think Ren is just becoming a victim of that. And I think also part of Ren's what what has not been helping Ren is that they brought him back as a son of strong, son of strong style, and but he didn't win the belt that would have been perfect for him and the TV belt. And now we don't know what to do with them. And so then we had him in, in, in our little trios, um, his supposed daddy, right? You're the son of strong style, which means your daddy is Shibata. He's off playing in America with Tony Khan. So you didn't have any, you know, there was none of that fun interaction. And you paired him with Suzuki who I love Suzuki, but Suzuki is like a 50, 50 plus year old part-timer. And I think that's, and I think that's yeah. all has, that all is just ultimately played into where Ren is at and why we feel the way that we do about Ren. And sitting at the top of the card are people who are not your, your young lions. We're, we're talking so much right now about the development of these young lions that we, we can't forget that none of them are world champion right now. Right. It's not that one's over the other. None of them. None of them have been world champions. None of them have held belts yet. You know, it's it's just well, Ren, Ren, sit and wait. Ren had a cup of coffee with the trios belt. Right, right. But, but, but I mean, but, but, like, but it's never six. Right, but it's never six trios. Um, they got dusted off and and taken out of uh, Yoshihashi's closet wherever they were. Or what you know? Yeah. The the the, the issue is these guys are. You know, they've come back, yes, but nobody's going to come back and be Jay White right away. No one's going to come back and be Okada right away. Uh, right now, especially when you've got six, seven, eight dudes, what you know, whatever it could be, that any of them could be the man. We need to wait and just see, and hopefully all of them someday can be the man. Like, this, this crop is so strong that... I mean, I, I have no worries about the future of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like these guys are all, and and they're all going to have their their turn with their various belts. Um, you know, whether it's the the junior belt or the the big boy belt, they're all going to be able to do it. Some of them might do both, uh, and, and it's going to be so cool to see 
we're still in the first chapter. I mean, yes, they've had their, they've had their young lion time. They've had excursions. They've come back and they're these new, you know, fancy toys. No, we're not going to, you know, shoot one of them off to the moon. Unfortunately, we've got to wait and see still on chapter one. And um, so tied at the top at six points with uh, Shoulda and Ren is TMDK, Mad Mikey Nichols, and hysterical Shane Haste. They have defeated uh, Holy Seaman Army, House of Torture, which honestly that match against House of Torture uh, prior to last night's um, main event of Umino Narita and Kiyomiya Oyawa. Uh, that was my match of the tournament. I really, did it for me. I, I really did li- it for me too. I liked it a lot. It had because it had just the right amount of House of Torture shenanigans to where it was there, but it wasn't omnipresent. And then you got the very satisfying ending of all that House of Torture shenanigans being disrupted and foiled, and the good guys won. And that's always very satisfying. Oh. Love that. And and a win over Gates of Agony. So TMDK is who I think is coming out of A Block. I think they're winning it all. And I, 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 I and I think they're gonna beat Bishamon at World at, at Wrestle Kingdom. I, I think they're I think they're walking out of the dome with the belts. I would love that. Uh I mean Half of my podcast, the Okada Shorts podcast plug, is uh, from Perth, Western Australia. So we are very TMDK friendly on our podcast. Um, and I, we would absolutely love nothing more than to see those those two dudes get the – I mean, really, what is it everyone keeps saying? They're the best tag team to never hold the IWGP uh, heavyweight tag team belts. Yeah, man, 100%. I would love to see them. Uh, win and get all the the love and flowers that they deserve and uh, go on to just dominate. I, I It's so weird that right now is such a strong, pardon the pun, strong time for New Japan's tag scene. New Japan is like the tag scene is always so lame. It's just thrown together tag teams, blah, blah, blah. The, the the teams get announced for this and it's like, oh, holy shit, let's pay attention to the World Tag League. This is going to be so much fun. And leading that charge is Bishamon, a tag team who in 2020 nobody wanted to see. Everybody was everybody was saying, ah, f- ah fuck, get Yoshihashi out of there. Just get Goto and Ishii, blah, blah, blah. Now Bishamon is like on their, what, third, fourth uh, title run. They're, they're these amazing, you know, on the, on the hop, they're on their way to the, you know, their third, uh, their third chance at winning the world tag league in a row. They are an established tag team. They have like matching prayer sticks or whatever, you know, uh, poles that they come out with. They've got matching, uh, white on white outfits, by the way, sick. Oh my God. They look great. Um, you know, this is, this is a strong, pardon the pun, tag team. And you've got TMDK, one of the best tag teams in the world today. And you've got Monster Sauce, who's made up of, of these Westerners who are entertaining as fuck. Everyone loves Monster Sauce. Why? Because you've got Lance Archer, who's just hugely over in Japan. You've got Alex Zane, who is 
a fucking icon in the making in Japan. And like, it's such a weird thing that we've got this great tag team space for new Japan to play in. I want, I, I want everything to come out of this world tag league. I want, and like, and somehow this world tagging, no, no Tanahashi this year. Normally, you know, Tanahashi teams up with a young lion, no Tanahashi. So we've got no Okada. Some, most of the time Okada takes a world tag league off. Okay. I understand who's selling out these buildings. How are they selling tickets? It, because the fucking, the matches are that exciting for world tag league question mark. It's so crazy. I'm, I'm loving this. I, I don't know if that's coming through in my voice. I'm fucking so excited right now. I think, and I'm, I'm enjoying, this is probably my favorite tag league. A hundred percent easily. I, I think, I think partially the tickets are being sold because as we've talked about, you've got, it's an opportunity to see all of your, of your new fancy toys that just came back from excursion. We've got all four of them in tag league. You've got Bishamon who we'll get to them when we get to B block, but their story is a little bit different, but can, um, from this tag league than from previous tag leagues, but they're still entertaining to watch. You've got war dogs who we'll get to in a moment. Um, you've all, and then you've got TMDK who is the, I think the best tag team in new Japan right now. If you had wanted to say last year that the true, that they were better than Aussie open. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't fight you on that. If that's what you wanted to say. But they have been the most consistent. They're the most fun, um, proper tag team that we've got going on right now um, outside of Bishamon. Just just a lot of fun. Um, they've got great chemistry with everybody. There's not been a match, at least for my money, where I've sat there and kind of rolled my eyes and been like, what, what the fuck is this shit? Um so they lost, they got beaten last night by the chaos team of Ishii and Yano. Um, side note, I had like nights eight and night seven. I kind of listed as them as this is, this is when we have, this is when we got to start making the math make sense for like how we're, for we know where we're going to end up, but now we got to make the math get us to that part. So that's why we got these, you know, that's why you have. Um, chaos beating TMDK and some of the other things that we're going to talk about. It's all about the math and making it work. Um, but even that match with with chaos, that was fun. Again, the right kind of amount of of Yano haha was with a with along with getting Yano to do a little bit more of the wrestling. I loved at the beginning of the match that immediately before even getting into the ring, Shane Hayes was like looking underneath it, trying to pull out some of the things that he thought Yano might've placed there to <laughs> looking out for buckets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, it, it, but, but it's those little things that I like watching, especially in a match against somebody like Yano, where there's this frustration of, I get it. Not everybody is sitting here watching every match of every show and as such can point out every little trope of Yano, but it's also why I love Zach's max matches against Yano's. It's like you as as a wrestler for New Japan, you know what Yano's gonna do. And and, yeah. and 
You may not be able to game plan for every little little thing Yano's going to do. But you know, most of the hits, like surely you should be able to keep those from happening. Yeah, it seems he's just a thinking man. Like he knows he's got a game plan a little bit. So so I appreciated that with TMDK. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're coming out of the A block. I will be shocked, honestly, if they don't win World Tag League. I think not that anybody ever deserves anything, but I think they deserve for being, you know, the stalwarts of the division. I think we can all agree that they were probably not originally slated to be part of the G1. And then when Ozzy Open took that, you know, Tony Khan bag of money, they, they, they got those last minute calls and I think they've acquitted them. They acquitted themselves very well. Yep. Um, Nice, you know, end of match promos. Uh, it's like nothing but good things to say about TMDK. Uh, I'm interested to see what their match against War Dogs is going to be like. That's that's another one of those. Is, and, and that's the last night. Like the last night of A Block um, is looking real fucking tasty where you got TMDK versus War Dogs. Um, what else we've got? We've got that potential upset with... Shoda and Ren against House of Torture. A really interesting one of Chaos versus Holy Semen Army. And then what are our other ones? Kaito and, and then and, Kaido uh, and, and Oiwa versus Gates of Agony. Um, which that will probably be a and we'll get to obviously we'll get to get to agony in a hot minute. Um, I'm sure that will be a fine match. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be watching Kaito and Oiwa to carry carry me through that. I'm not super into Gates of Agony. Yeah, like it's just not 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 dealing with me. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about them. Just don't care. Yeah. Um. So I, I I don't know if you've got anything else to say about Team DK. We've we I, I think we've no. Um. You've talked me into it. Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> TMDK. Let's go. Um, so we had mentioned them. They're uh, opponents from the night before. Chaos of Tomohiro Ishii. Newly minted uh, Hall of Famer Tomohiro Ishii with yeah, with uh, Toro Yano tied at four, at four points with Holy Seaman Army, War Dogs, and Kiyomiya and Oiwa. Um, I, I myself do not have much to say about this team they've been fine you get you get you, uh, you, you get you, you get your typical kind of ishii strong style moments you're gonna have your yano haha now i did like them i think their best match was the one against war dogs oh that was uh, that, that was, was brilliant. a great match T- totally fun um I was I was uh, watching the match and I was like, "Wow, War Dogs are coming out first. That's oh, there we go. That's why. Okay, <laughs> great, uh, great match. It's seeing Yano, um, seeing Yano wrestle a more reserve style and actually using his wrestling a lot more has been really cool. Um, you know, we don't like we said we don't usually get that, so it's been a lot of fun to see a um, what should we say more of a tragic. Uh, Yano, like his, his ha-has aren't so ha-ha. It's more of like, um, he's like the Joker, you know, like he, he's, he's everything that he's doing is, is a little bit more, uh, dangerous, I think. And that's pretty cool. 
And ultimately, I think this team is put together because normally the last couple of years, it's been Yano and Tanahashi as like the bebop. And Tana's already got his dance card filled out for Wrestle Kingdom. Ishii is a bit like Ren in that he's he's got like things to do normally, but his trio's tag mates have other partners on dance cards for Wrestle Kingdom, so he doesn't really have anything to do. So it's like, all right, we'll put these two together. They've got nothing to do for Wrestle Kingdom. Again, we need to make numbers. People- Actually, those two would have been a pretty good tag team. Speaking of Ren and Ishii, I'd, I'd watch that. I, I, I'd watch that too, yeah. That, that, that would have been a perfectly fine one to watch. Um, you know, same thought process as, you know, putting in with Suzuki. But that's, and so that's, so it feels like, okay, we need to make numbers. We know people will come out and for Suzuki, uh, for Ishii, and we're just making numbers and we just need to make the math work. And that's, and that's yeah. it with that team. I don't, I, I don't, unfortunate. I don't expect them to, you know, be even a decision maker. On the final night, I, I I don't think whatever yeah. I don't think it will be in a position where well it's with all the here are all these permutations and if this thing happens and that thing happens and this other thing happens then Ishii and Yano could come out of the block. I don't think it's going to be any of that at all. I think they're just going to have a very nice match with Holy Seaman Army on the final night and then that will be it. I I hope so. They they are definitely the least tasty option in this. Well, them and Gates of Agony are probably the the least tasty option in the block. Um. So we're just gonna quick jump then to uh my my war dogs for real. Uh, dead mm-hmm. eye is it dead There's eye? Alex Coglin and War Ready Gabe Kid. They are also sitting at this log jam at four points, having beaten um each uh. Yeah, having beaten Umino, Narita, Ishii Yano, lost to Kiyomiya Oiwa, and Gates of Agony. Um, man, that Gates of Ag- Agony War Dog match, I saw some people actually kind of enjoying it. Joel put a post up, and like, I don't know if this is part of Joel's Gates of Agony shit posting, or if he was <laughs> actually serious about that having been like, like a good match and them turning the corner and all of that. I didn't really care for the match. I don't like I don't like that style of match. I'm not a big fan of it to begin to begin with. Just that that overall kind of audience clusterfuck match style. There are some people that do it better than others. And I just I just didn't feel it with Gates of Agony. Again, it's a math thing. You knew they weren't gonna go like complete over, so they gotta pick up a win somewhere. That's completely harmless. To, to, to pick up a win against War Dogs. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be factors in the final night as well. They've been enjoyable. Your mileage is obviously going to vary on this team because if, if you're not one for Gabe's antics and a lot of that roughhousing, this is obviously not the team for you. And in light of the talk of the strong belt becoming part of Tony Khan's triple crown, Eddie Kingston, make a wish madness. I don't know what the immediate future holds for kid. 
I, I get the vibe or at least the tea leaves were kind of reading me to think that kid was going to challenge Eddie at battle in the Valley and beat Eddie. And that was going to be like this moment of we've just sat, we've, we've been st- stuck through this make a wish strong title run with Eddie Kingston. Um, or as I like to call him Burger Kings road. And <laughs> that, you know, that would culminate in somebody beating him and okay, you've beaten all these guys like, you know, and, and okay, that would have been fine if Gabe had been the one to beat you. And it's a little bit of a rub and not a big rub, but a little rub is better than no rub. And now we don't know what we're going to do. And that kind of makes me sad because then if that ends up being, if those were the plans and Tony Khan has fucked up those plans because he had to get all up in his feels because nobody likes how he's booking his main event scene. Um, then why did we have war dogs drop the strong title belts? Right. That's, that's one of those things. Cause they were perfect for, for those belts where they could have just had great banger matches and lead to them, you know, getting the big boy, the big boy tag title belts back. And now they may be kind of, especially Gabe, maybe, maybe spinning in limbo. If we can't rescue the, the, the strong title from Tony Khan. Well, I mean, at this point, New Japan has no issue whatsoever with just making new belts. Fuck it. You can just make a new belt for Gabe. You know, make 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 the New Japan version of a hardcore title. Like, okay, it doesn't yeah. matter. Put, yeah. put something on Gabe because he fucking deserves it. He's a fucking MVP in my eyes. Every War Dogs match is must-watch television for me. Like if someone, if someone says, what's, what's your favorite thing been about world tag league? You better believe I'm talking about the fucking war dogs. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <sniffs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I love them. No, no I, I, I love them too. I think they're great. I think, I think Gabe is great. I think Gabe could be and should be the foil for Umino, Narita, Yuya, and Yoda for years oh, yeah. to come. He should absolutely. He he should be the thorn in their side. He should be their he should be their Joker. Their you know their their villain uh, that is always going to be lurking around the corner to take anything good that they have from them and just fuck with yeah, them. Yeah, that Naito winning at the dome and getting immediately shit kicked by by Kenta. That should be Gabe Kid every time one of them does something great. And it is even like I, I would love it just to be like a series of videos of like Su- Suji goes and 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 he gets his favorite bowl of ramen that he's been dying to have. And there Gabe is coming out of nowhere, flipping the table over and like pissing in the ramen bowl. Right? It just should be <laughs> shit like that. He should like he should ruin a date between Umino and Narita. Oh no! The truly heel heel tactics right. now. He sh- he he should be ruining the date. Um, he should be taking Yuya's pizza away from him. Um, 
<laughs> you know, just 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 have them be a thorn in their side, uh, and that could be like a generational thing, and I would love it. Um, I'm not as high on Coglin as I am on Kid. I think Coglin was better when he was a little thicker and doing more of the strong man. He's lost a little mass, and he can still do the strong man stuff, but it's it's not as much fun any anymore. Um, I I think that Coglin is Coglin is a great like second, you know, like w- when you look at like uh, the old Four Horsemen, like you've got Ric Flair. And Arn Anderson, you know, like it could be Gabe Kidd and Alex Coglin. Like he's 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 not an also ram. Um, he's doing great stuff in his own in his own uh, time, but Gabe Kidd is definitely the star of the show for sure. Um, but they're sitting at four, and then bringing up the rear is a two way tie at two points with House of Torture and. Gates of Agony on today's show. Uh, they had an undercorn match to, you know, kind of set the table for their block match. That'll, that will be coming up on Friday. And the match ended and House of Torture gave Gates of Agony t-shirts and they put them on and they posed together. And afterwards, they're like, well, this, this is the house that we were talking about when we we're talking about you got to go through, the, open the gates and go through the gates before you get into the house. Um, I, I, so I don't know what's happening. A bit I, I kind of hope it's, I hope it is a, it, okay, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like my, my thoughts are all jumbled here. I'm trying to like mouth marbles. I am presuming that what is happening here that this is all set up by Gates of Agony, right? We're gonna we're gonna pretend that we're buddies with House of Torture. Uh, presumably, the match is gonna open up with Evil wanting us to lay down for him, and then we're gonna turn the tide and we're gonna we're not gonna fall for their bullshit, and we'll win, and that's what we'll get another two points, right? Um, yeah, I but, mean, it's but, it's definitely a setup for something. But on the other hand, if we if we live if it leads to us living in a world where there's like House of Torture gold in ROH <laughs> and AEW led by Gates of Agony, I am here for that because all <laughs> c- could you imagine the hand wringing that will happen from like the AEW fan base, As, especially in light of uh, this this somewhat miss possibly guided or misspoken headline of why QT Marshall left AEW and oh, well, oh it's it's boy. becoming it's becoming too much like new japan and if it was to be and the joke the beautiful joke of it would be like yes this is the part of new japan it was it was turning into was like house of torture and we've brought that back with the gates of agony <laughs> with house of torture gold and then oh AEW fans God. being like, QT was right. QT died for this. He died <laughs> trying to stop this. This is, we, where are our bro chachos? Give that to yeah, me. Yeah, we need them back. Yeah. We need them back. Fuck. But yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've, I've had to fast forward through those 20 minute pre tape segments of, of Okada fishing with his best frenemy, uh, Naito. You know, like, fuck off. Fuck off, QT Marshall. Eat shit. Well, the the whole the whole dinner at Subway between Sonata and Evil, that was like the best part of the build to their match. 
Oh my god. We we've already spent way too much time talking about House of Torture and Gates of Agony. Yeah. Uh but they're both sitting at two. Um there's really I, I think at this point, House of uh we've talked about it already. We I think, and I think I've I've got you on the same boat with me, House of Torture is going to be a problem for Umino and Narita. Um Gates of Agony end up with the Holy Semen Army. No. They finish up with Boy, well, uh, oh, it was and it, like I'm trying to read this block thing, and um, it <laughs> my, my brain is not processing it correctly. But I hate yes, so much. But that's that's where we're sitting at. Hey, at least we have like these block tables, which is one up on the E1 anticlimax, which had fuck all nothing two hours before <laughs> their their first block match, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but. It's almost like he hasn't been watching enough New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> or like he's booking this on the fly and then just like he blurted it out at the press conference because he was probably already seeing Twitter was not appreciating that main event. And so he just kind of runs his mouth. I'm throwing together a tournament and I'm going to have a, 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 a triple crown that, that all these belts are going to be part of as I'm sitting here wearing my little Anoki scarf and I've just kissed Will Ospreay because I've made it sound like I've completely made his life and he loves me and and this is what I'm going to do because you all make me sad because you don't love me anymore the, the way that you used to love me and now he's got to book this thing that he just made up on the fly because he's all up in his feels. <laughs> Oh, this fucking guy. I fucking can't stand him. Oh, I hate him so much. He just oh, was not stuffed into enough lockers as a kid. Uh, so with B Block, I think ultimately, I mean, yeah, we've been speaking for maybe about a little over an hour on A Block. I, I'm looking at the stats for B Block, and um, there's some interesting teams. But from a points total standpoint... I think we might be able to move through this block a little bit faster because at the top of the block is everybody's favorite monster sauce. Lance Archer, Alex Zane, um, Taco Bell's new darling with like not one, but two special combo meals that you can get. And it, and they're even doing a deal where if you take a photo of yourself with your favorite combo meal and tag Taco Bell and Alex Zane, you have a choice of winning like an autographed Alex Zane card. That is fantastic. I fucking love Taco Bell. Like that's one of the few things that I miss about living in America was easy access to Taco Bell. Uh, so this is really exciting for me. I'm, I wish that I could go into my local Taco Bell uh, wherever the fuck that is here in England. I think there's only like seven in the entire country and um, get the Alex Zane meal. I And like while wearing a monster sauce shirt and drinking a Baja blast fucking Pepsi. I'm so into this, ta- this tag team. I, I'm very sad that, that you cannot get the Alex Zane combo outside of Japan. We, totally. we we need they need to make this happen so that I can go into uh, that exactly go in to my local Taco Bell and get my Alex Zane combo. Um, I'm with you. I Give love, me the Zane. I would say yes. I, I I love everything about this team. I love the theme. I love the T-shirts. I love their VTR, which is all Kaiju Big Battle. 
Yes, I, absolutely. I, 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 they, they are ticking all the boxes for me. They are lead at eight points. They haven't lost yet. Uh, I, I and and I kind of thought that if that if they were going to get a loss, it would have by now it would have been Tai Chi and Uemura, and they didn't lose to just five guys. So just just two five guys. Yeah, just two five guys or two just five guys or what somehow make that work make it make sense math but, math math yeah um i i uh at this point in the proceedings i would not have had them if you had told me that they were like the clear leader uh tai chi and yuya are the next closest at six points um but then like no one else like everyone else needs like a lot of help to get near them, uh, like I had said that you're clearly on crack and something something has gone horribly wrong. But instead, no, this is it's 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 Archer and Zane living their best lives. I love them as a tag team. I want them to be in New Japan full time, yes, or, or more than what we're getting. I don't know what we got to trade Tony Khan to get Lance Archer back in the relationship. I, I would give up the strong title if it meant I could have Archer more often so I could have more monster sauce in my life, which, by the way, needs to be a Taco Bell sauce. Yes. Absolutely. Bring, bring back Verde sauce and call it monster sauce. Yes. Just, just but oh, my God, it's a marketing opportunity. You can have that one for free, Alex Zane. Just 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 send me a photo of the packaging. <laughs> just but but you can have that one for free if you can make that happen. I'll um, do it for a monster sauce t-shirt. Yeah, or that. Um but yeah, they just they've looked great against everybody. Um they both know how to play to the crowds. So obviously we're at the point of World Tag League where we're some of these kind of smaller southern cities of Japan and calling some of these places cities might be um generous. Um, but also they've spent time in Tony Khan's favorite city, Fukushima. That's where night six was. Uh, but you can tell that these crowds, like some of these crowds aren't feeling it initially. There was one crowd earlier on the tour where, um, if you'd show me that Matt, that showed me that show and told me it was from like 2020 clap crowds, I'd have believed you. Oh man. Yeah. That um, was, so the crowds have, have some of these shows have not been the greatest, but Archer and Zane have done a really good job of trying to bring them into it. Uh, we'll talk about them in a few in, in a few minutes. But El Fantasmo and Hikuleo have also done a very similar job of trying to get the crowds into it and to wake them up and to remind them that hey, it's not 2020. You can clap and make noise if you feel it. Um, but I, I have nothing bad to say about monster sauce i i i will be shocked if they do not come out of b block as the winners of the block in any other timeline i would love for them to win world tag league this year and be at the dome i don't think it's going to happen i think they're going to lose the team dk in a really fun really good match and that's nothing to be to be sad about um and i'm just hoping they come back next year um, not just for tag league, but, but, but for more often, uh, I would have no problem if they have, if you put the strong belts on them, if they challenge Hikuleo and El Phantasmo again for those belts 
and win them this time and they get to have fun in the States with the strong belt, tag belt, I've got no problem with that. I'm I'm not not just no problem with it. Absolutely positive for it. Like that seems like a great way. Uh, you know, you can keep Hikileo and, and El Fantasmo in Japan, let them do something that's a little bit more uh uh Nihon focused, you know, and then uh have Alex Zane and Lance Archer representing in uh, in America. Although I think that they're both bigger deals in Japan. Like they both seem like they're fucking hugely over in Japan. Oh, oh, no doubt. It's, well, it's, I mean, Alex Zane's got a fucking combo meal with Taco Bell in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, who, who the fuck is it, it? When you look at like new Japan personalities that have that type of relationship, Reach. Yeah. It's Okada with Moss Burger, because I think he's got like a special burger. That I guess like the Okada, which is some sad-looking vegetarian thing. Um, we sad-looking vegetarians have to take what we can get, man. That I understand, but man, Okada Burger. It's just me. I'm expecting a little bit more when you tell me it's a burger associated with Kazuchika Okada, right? But it, that's a me thing. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to think of anybody else, you know, and they've used Tanahashi for Zima, um, and some of the other guys. Naito, I think, was in an ad for like some family mart chicken <laughs> uh, years ago or, or something. Right, but it's it's that level of new Japan wrestler. Yeah. That is normally in, in that sort of synergistic relationship. And then here you've got Alex Zane, a part-timer with New Japan. I think he finally got, like, today his own page on, like, the roster site. I think he's finally got a listing. Wow. Um, 37 years old, independent wrestler, and on his own, and I'm presuming it helps that the New Japan fan base in Japan loves him i mean that whole you know in that initial tour when it was him and um ace austin just kind of like going through japan like the anti-flip gordon marty Skrull through japan tour of they were actually trying different foods and things like despy going hey have i think maybe as a joke going hey have you eaten natto and they're like no and they both eat it oh my god how, right. how did you get past the texture of natto? Uh, they, they they somehow got past it enough, right? Uh, but but that is the thing. So that Alex Zane organically grew himself in Japan, no pun intended, because of the whole kaiju big battle thing, um, to the point where he's got a limited time combo meal set up. Not one, but two options. You can get the Alex Zane A, you can get the Alex Zane B. At Taco Bell's, I don't think, I don't know if it's like Taco Bell's nationwide or just in certain cities. That's not the point. The point is, is that he's gotten it. And that is in, I mean, that's better than John Moxley, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. John Moxley doesn't have his own fucking burger in Japan. Um, and, and I just love it for the guy. And I hope it continues. I hope this is, uh, uh, you know, I hope they bring him back more this year, uh, next year than they did this year. And I just want all, all good things for monster sauce. Abso fucking lootly hundred percent. 
Um, so after Monster Sauce, next to oh, them. Oh, 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 yeah. Speaking of kaiju big battle. Yes. Uh, it's it's a it's a secret that uh, you and I have been friends for about two years now, and we were actually going to start our own podcast at one point. We were thinking about doing a tokusatsu podcast. Yes. Uh, and that unfortunately got sidelined when uh, the Countout Podcasting Network asked me to uh, to start up Okada Shorts. But yeah, that that t- ticks all the boxes for uh, Booze and Curtis as a whole. Uh, we get small flippy guy, giant smashy guy, and monsters fantastic and it and 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 lance isn't even like um not not lance alex and it's not like alex is a small flippy guy no i was surprised that he was in the he was in the super juniors like at all because he's he's a tall dude and he's like not small yeah but in the grand scheme of i mean he's not for his he's not small but he's also it he did not to me he did not stick out as much as Shingo in the juniors did. Yeah, that's that that's what uh, uh everyone always says like if Shingo can be booked as a junior anybody can be booked as a junior. Exactly. Um and then Will, and Will in his last year as a junior um he yeah. yeah, let's right. Um but after Monster Sauce, we've got just five guys minus three. Um, in yep. Taichi and Yu Emra, they've got six points. They have beaten Nagata Suzuki, let me, um, Hikileo and Phantasmo, Suji and Zandukan, and they lost to Monster Sauce. Um, so what do you think of just five guys minus three? Uh, so I've seen a lot of people that are kind of down on Yuya since his return. Um, I'm pretty sure it's got to be storyline, right? Like everyone's like, oh, Yuya doesn't feel like he fits there. He looks like he's bummed all the time. And I, I th- it's got to be that like he's not happy to be Sonata's like when he showed up, he said, like, I'm not I, I'm not here to be your young boy. I'm here to challenge all of you. And. I feel like that's a good thing, right? Like that's where he would want to be. So I don't feel like he's, I think it's all kayfabe. I think all this, uh, yo Emera, uh, looking like he's got kind of resting bitch face when he's coming out. It's, it's all kayfabe. It's gotta be because like he connects with, he connects with the audience so well. He's done it. He did it during fucking COVID clap crowds. He was able to connect with people and get people on side with him. So like, I don't think that him coming back after working in America, he's going to forget how to do that. I don't feel like this young lion, uh, who, you know, excelled has somehow forgotten how to be a good pro wrestler. You can still see it in the matches. Like when, once he gets cooking in the middle of a match, he's, he's all go, no quit, you know, big nuts. Yu Yo Emra, like he's fucking flying and he's having a great time and it's showing on his face. It, it, I, I refuse to believe that that guy's fucking sad pouty for real. I, it's gotta be kayfabe. It has to be. I, I hope it is my, I don't have any problems with Yuya in ring is as, as you've, as you noted, it, it all looks good. He's got the connection to the crowd. Um, but man, but from jump street, when the first time he came out, we're in his little evil Knievel cosplay Cape 
rocking that. <laughs> I, I call it the Sasha Banks has to job to Charlotte in Boston face. Um, and, and, and that's what he looks like pre-match. And it's like, man, I mean, if, if that is, if this is indeed 100% work, then bravo because because you're actor ever because 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 you're working me and that's great and that's what so many people get mad when they get worked and that's kind of part of the part of of watching wrestling is to forget things and to be worked and if i at a very jaded late 40 year old woman can still get worked by wrestling i'm having a good time clearly yep um my but my thing is, I, I have it in my notes that this is almost, in, in some ways, the very definition of two guys slapped together to make a tag team. I, I, it feels I, like it. it. it do, the, the chemistry, it, 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 let, let's use it the other side of the spectrum, Oiwa, Kiyomiya, right? Like, they're together as a tag team. They feel like a tag team. It feels like they've been like, it feels like they've been a tag team for forever and it just fits and it works and it's a joy to watch because it, it works so well. And here Uemura and Taichi is the exact opposite. It feels very two singles guys that they're doing a tag team, very little tag team maneuvers uh, until you get into the closing stretch and then you might get one or two. But outside of that, it's, Oh, here I am. I'm Taichi. I'm fighting my man. Oh, I got to tag out and not a lot of synergy in ring in that regards. Um, that, that's my, that's my, my worry or my concern with this team. And I don't know, and this is where I don't know if this is leading to the, the, the whole work of, how much of that is a work of whatever story we're telling with you, Emra? I mean, if ultimately the story leads to Wrestle Kingdom, Sonata's beaten Naito, the dome is awash in the flashlights of cell phones, and Five Guys is celebrating, and Uemura lays out Sonata and challenges him for new beginnings. Oh. If, if that's what we get, Hey, I'm all for this. I'm all for resting bitch face Uemura then. And it makes sense. If that is not a, a possibility of where we're going, if we if we if we leave Dash at basically the same situation of Uemura within five guys as he as he is right now, then what are we doing? If he's not challenging Tai Chi, if he's not challenging Sonata, because he's got two guys in his faction that have belts that he could challenge for, right? And and he has said that that's what I want to do. I want to challenge you guys. I don't want to just be your faction mate. Um, if we're not getting something like that set up for new beginnings at the end of, by the end of Dash at the latest, then what? Then then what is this for? Then then I start to wonder more if. Pouty face Uemura, how much of that is work? How much of that is shoot? I I can see why you would doubt it. Um, I kind of doubt it myself. I'm just hoping, you know, I really don't want, I, I don't want him to be, m you know, missing going back to America or, you know, not wanting to be there because like 
when someone doesn't want to be working there, I would rather they just don't. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want to have someone, uh, it's like, you see it all the time. Like people are saying, oh, this dude in AEW wants to go to WE, this w- dude in WWE wants to go to AEW. Like if you want out of Japan, just fucking leave, man. Just quit. Just go somewhere else. I like, I don't want to watch you wrestle if you don't want to be there. So it would be really sad for me specifically if Yuya wasn't happy where he is, because I think that he has all the fucking, talent in the world. I think he's got great connection. He's a good looking kid. I think you could, you could hang that belt on him and be proud of what he does for a run. And I, I really want to see him succeed in new Japan as a, as a dojo boy, you know, that, that we've all watched since he was, since he was a little shaved head, little egg, you know, and I want to see that. I want to see more of that. I I think for me, I want to believe too, right? It's, I just, the reason why I can't, I find myself not fully subscribing to, oh, this is all a work, this is leading to something is, I'm at a point right now where I don't trust this company to tell that story. Mm. You know, the the boys have talked about it, and, and other people have talked about it, the fact that the booking this year across the board has been incredibly haphazard and all over the place well part of that is because we've got to bow down to a billionaire so well there 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 is there is a little bit of that but there's a bunch of stuff that that was happening prior to g1 that felt new and fresh and then the g1 happened and we're back to kind of the same stale booking i think yes there's a little bit of tony khan involved in us having to um kind of work with him and how he wants his talent booked. And it's really just the kind of same. It's just the shoes on the other foot in terms of our relationships with like Noah and DDT. So that is there. I think it's more of, there is a a disconnect between management and the actual booking committee. Because management, oh, here's the TV title. And we are debuting this title um, with the emphasis of it focusing on younger talent. And then what do they do? They put the belt on mid-30s, Zack Sabre Jr. (coughs) Excuse me. After a tournament that was primarily full of guys in their mid-30s, and now we got a Wrestle Kingdom where this belt is being challenged by late-40s Tanahashi. Um, And all sorts of little examples that we've talked about previously. So that's why... I just, as much as I want to believe in this company to to tell that type of story with Yuya, I just don't believe it. Well, not every not every story is going to knock it out of the park right away, right? Like for for every person who talks about oh uh, Kenny and Okada or Naito becoming Ellen Gobernable. And so like, there's going to be a lot of stories that fall by the wayside there. So hopefully this is a little bit more Ellen Gobernable than it is, um, you know, whatever the fuck Jay White was doing for the last year he was here, you know, like when, or uh, sorry, it was two years because of that, with that loss at the dome where he, you know, we thought he was all going to 
become the biggest baby face in the world. And then he just kind of sat around for two years. So hopefully it's a little bit more Ellen Gobernable than fumbling Jay White's face turn. Yeah. I mean, time will tell, but, but I think there's a definite disconnect. Um, I don't know if we need a complete shakeup from top to bottom, the way that Joel and Damon do. Um, I do think Abari needs to go. I think we need to stop Abariism. I think that's half, half of our problems right there <laughs> is, Abari's got this idea of all rising tides or whatever, this idea that he just wants to make wrestling fans. So it doesn't really matter if ultimately, if you're a fan of Noah or DDT or AEW or WWE or CMLL or whatever, what have you, as long as somehow New Japan guys help you fall in love with wrestling because you've seen them in another promotion or you see Kaido Kiyomiya in our promotion or whatever, he thinks it's all good. I think I just need a Bariism to stop. I think that's half our problems right there. And Kikuchi needs to come home. Um, oh, right. Kikuchi truther. No, no. Um, so so very quick. I know we said we were going to get through B-Block very fast or faster. We will. But no, I, I – and, and we've talked about this uh, or this is not um, – how do I want to put this? Um, hidden news anymore about Kikuchi. And yes, I'm a Kikuchi truther. I was one of the five people that Damon told. Like I knew about Kikuchi very shortly after they were told about Kikuchi. And I was also basically told of, I'm going to tell you this thing that's really super wild. If you tell another soul, I will fucking kill you. Uh, Because that's how it had been presented to them of we're going to tell you we're going to tell you this thing about about this dude that you're not going to believe but if you tell anybody publicly you're fucking dead and then of course it came out about kikuchi then it was finally like joel like admitted on a different like discord server that no if you don't believe us ask booze because we told booze so no i am a full kikuchi truther believer um I think trading him to Noah was kind of sh- low-key shady because you knew by trading him to Noah that Ibushi wasn't going to sign with Noah because he, he doesn't want anything to do with that dude, as he oh, has yeah. stated, yeah, right? That was so that was four-dimensional chess. Yes. Um, you, you have completed that move now. You need to bring Kikuchi home, and you need to give him – you need to let him start writing these stories again and getting us back on track. Um, and, and, but that is part of the reason why I'm like, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't flow as well. It feels more haphazard. I think, and that's where my issue with this Yuya potential storyline is, um, you know, they fought Nagata and Suzuki. I kind of liked that match, but I was a little disappointed. I don't think it, it, I don't think it was as sicko as it could have been. You had that great. It could have been absolutely off the wall right and it wasn't and then today's match against monster sauce uh, a very similar dynamic right two former suzuki gun guys in archer and taichi and man uh that was even less there than the exchanges with suzuki and taichi i think you know when you get these two you get Yuya and Taichi. Like I don't, I, I'm going to say it. I don't like just five guys. They're not my cup of tea, but like if I were to 
pick two dudes from just five guys to be a tag team, it would be these two. And well, they're, 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 your the only, only, they're your only options, right? Yeah. They're who I want to see specifically. So I, I, I like Doki. I'll say that as well. I, I love Doki. Um, yeah, I, I'm all aboard the Doki train. Yeah. So, so no, no, you were going to say, yeah. Uh, so the, the idea of them just being, pardon the pun again, just two guys, literally just two guys, uh, thrown together. And yes, it does feel thrown together, but I, I really feel like that's the story that they're trying to tell with Yuya. And maybe they're, maybe they're failing at it. Like they're, they're not telling it where we can tell it's a story, which is good. I'm getting so meta with this, but it's maybe it's supposed to feel like they're just two guys who aren't clicking as a unit because that's where they're going with, with Yuya Emra. I mean, I, I hope so. That would be great. Time will tell. Um, I think, I think we're going to have a lot of answers to a lot of these questions ultimately um, after dash. Um, but Absolutely. they're, yeah, but they're sitting in second with six points um, on their final night. It's folly and Bonza that they face. So I'm not sure that could be a banana peel one type deal. Um, no, actually the final one is the seventh. I'm sorry. Um, the stupid board. Uh, their final one appears to be against Bishamon. That's their final night on the seventh. So okay. that could be, um, I think that maybe one of those, if they beat Bishamon, they go through B block where if they lose to Bishamon, it, it ends up being monster sauce unless monster sauce just goes on like, like this horrible run of losing points. Um, and, and don't somehow don't come out of B block. But I think I think that's where we're going. After them at five points, after a tie today in the main event against Bishamon, um, is Alanis Jr. and Subarano Jr. They tied Bishamon. They beat Nagata Suzuki. Suzuki. They beat Rogue Army and lost to Monster Sauce. I've been enjoying this team a lot. I don't watch as much CML as I would like to. Ultimately, it comes down to just not enough hours in the day. Uh, but I've been really enjoying them. I know Reddit wants to fuck Z- Z- Zandukan Jr. Uh, they, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they do. They went, they went from zero to 60 on that in about like three posts of, <laughs> oh, he's kind of hot too. I just want to fuck him. Um Dude, the minute Soberano Jr. took his shirt off, I'm like, okay, you all can have Zandukan. I'll take so I'm not I'm not kicking him out of my bed. He gets to stay, <laughs> right? Um, I've enjoyed them. They've been a little hit or miss for me, just in terms of their. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm getting them confused with Zandukan. I was about to have that kind of a moment. No, okay. Uh, I'm going to rewind for a second. No, um, they've still been fine. It, you, you know, it's kind of hard to get behind them just because you know they're not a permanent. We'll we'll probably see them again for Fantastica Mania, and then won't see them until like another U.S. show. But they've been very fun to watch. I think part of the problem also for them, 
and and I'm putting that word problem in quotes, is that outside of say, oh, somebody like a fa- El Phantasmo, and then Suji and Zendokan, they don't really have a lot of people that they can kind of do the CMLL Lucha style with in terms of being kind of that more fun, flippy, jumping over, you know, doing topes and things like that. They're not really in a block that plays into their strengths. So I think like today, like the fact that their match against Bishamon is the one that went to the 30 minute draw. That is not the match on paper that I would have said would go to the draw. I would have said it was um, Umino Narita versus Oiwa Kiyomiya. If you had told me that match was going to go into a 30 minute uh, time limit draw, I'd been like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, obviously, this, totally. This one made makes no sense outside of we're going to try and do something funky with the math. That's it. I I think so. These two, obviously, hella entertaining. Yet yeah, sad we don't get to see them very often. Uh, I would like to see more crossover. Fantastic Mania is is fun, but I'd like to see some of these guys come over for like. Why don't we just have some of these guys on like new beginning tour? Why don't we just have like one or two of these guys over here, you know, more often just, just to be here, just, just to come over and, you know, do something different. And, um, like, I mean, you see sometimes like new Japan wrestlers will go to Mexico. Like obviously Naito made a big, um, you know, second excursion to Mexico and things like that. Let's, let's trade, let's have fun. Like I I'm tired of like always having to go to AEW, you know, why, why can't we just, you know, borrow someone from CMLL? Why can't we borrow someone from PWA? Why can't we borrow someone from RevPro? Why can't we borrow someone from CMLL? Like it, th- these are all great companies and I would love to have my mind blown by just some random person coming out of nowhere and making me a fan. You know, I mean, it worked for Doki. Why can't we, why can't we just have that all year round? Why? I I get it. Like the logistics probably are kind of shitty about it, but like make it work two or three different CMLL people every year. Let's go. Well, I I was going to say, I mean, we don't get these things because we, we, we clearly are not allowed to have nice things. It's true. Right. Um, no, I'm in complete agreement with you. Or even the fact that, I don't know, we're supposed to allegedly be getting an expansion of sorts into Southeast Asia. Um, maybe with some help from Tamashi, which we'll kind of talk a little bit when we get to Rogue Army. Um, but this is also where, where if we had a, if, if the New Japan USA division was a little stronger and not seemingly run by a bunch of idiots or just Rocky getting his buddies um, gigs. <laughs> this is where, this is where what you're talking about getting, getting, bringing these guys in, I think could be a thing that happens uh, because that was a no brainer for the Lone Star shootout to have a bunch of CML guys in there. Yeah. That was, that was a fucking no brainer. Now I think having it in Garland, Texan, I, I, a big issue I have with Strong is that they just run the same like five cities. And they need, they well, need, I mean, they so need does to, AEW and no one says anything about it. Well, 
Yeah, but they at least, well, yeah, yeah. Um, cause it's like, great, you're running Garland. You claim it's Dallas, it's not. Um, but you've also got this relationship with CMLL. Guys, and I'm not just saying this because then it'd be real easy for me to get to a gig because it'd be where I live, but why you're not just doing like a Texas tour, right? And you run San Antonio and you run Houston and you run Austin and you've got enough guys. You could do a little split roster and you have a bolster a lot of that with, with, with some CMLL guys, right? Um, it would be awesome. Oh my- Texas is big enough. You could do that. Right. Um, they love their, they love their wrestling. Um, and again, you, you, you bring in like a bunch of CML guys and you could probably even main event each of those nights in like a multi-man, right? Give me like LIJ versus some like multi-man, a CML guys and just print money oh, yeah. and just, just print money. Um, but that's, that's what I love the most about world tag league to that, to a degree is that you do get exposed to a bunch of guys that you may not normally get to see with if you're like myself and just not enough of a wrestling freak to watch it nothing 24 and watch nothing else but wrestling 24 7 i gotta sleep kids i gotta watch godzilla movies Mm -hmm. um right uh like i i want to watch these things i just don't have the time but this is a great way for me to get kind of hip um which will lead into speaking of seeing CMLL guys and falling in love with them. Yonosuji and Zendikon Jr. Uh, are tied at four points with Hikuleo and El Fantasmo. I think we can kind of talk about these guys separately yet together. Um, Yoda and Zendikon. Zendikon Jr. is a, is a prime example of what you were just talking about of seeing somebody for the first time and falling in love with them. I didn't even know this dude existed. I knew nope, enough. My, about, no, had no clue. Yeah, I, I I knew enough about CMLL, and in partly because of our relationship with them, that I was I was aware of the existence of Atlantis Junior. I'm aware of the existence of Soberano Junior. I did not not know about Zandukan Junior, who looks like he gives great hugs. I want this man to hug me. Um, Reddit can like fu- you'd feel very safe. Yeah, like Reddit can fuck him. I just want a hug, just a night. Oh my. God, just just rest your head on the on that chest. That's <laughs> let that's him tell you stories about living by the seaside. Oh my God, he sing you a sea shanty to sleep. Oh, come on! Oh, and then and then like at dinner after dinner, you can have like some rum. Yes, yes. Um, but no, and he and Suji have been a great. Now I want to go back and try and find some of the matches that matches that they were in together. Because, again, speaking of guys that feel like they've been tagging for a very long time and should be long-time tag partners to come, it's these guys. Like, everybody beforehand was like, oh, it's so sad that we're not going to get Shingo and Suji, and that's who we should have. Nah, fuck that noise. I'm glad that we got – I'm glad that whatever the fuck happened to put the Never Belt on Shingo, I'm willing to trade off like a monkey's paw thing of another Tamatanga Shingo never title match at Wrestle Kingdom. If the monkey paw curled in that it gives me Yodosuji and Zandokan Jr. as a tag team, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Just a couple of dudes who look like they could absolutely wreck you with a hug and then like long hair 
and, yes. and fucking tassels, tassels everywhere. I love it, man. So it, much fun. The fucking romance novel covers. And, 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 and not the sweet kind of like softcore Harlequin romance cover. Nah, man, this is oh, some no. good, nasty, nasty smut. The the stuff that the stuff that's print to order off of Amazon. Yes, yes. Um, but they're really good tag team. I love their their finisher. The is it Vamos Amigos? Yeah, yeah. Vam, vamos Amigos. Uh, um, this this is where yeah. I show that even though I've lived in Houston for thirty years, my Spanish is really fucking bad and non-existent. Um, they just have fun. I, I loved. I loved one of the undercard matches where they both came out in pirate shirts. I was like, "Oh that my was god, so great!" You, you like, like we need a photo book, and we needed it yesterday. <laughs> um, Gravura from fucking Yoda oh Suji. Yeah, but they just, they just, and, and 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 it also leads into, you know, Damon likes to talk about the it factor and looking at a guy and going. You just have it. You you just intrinsically check off all the boxes, and Yoda Suji is that for me. Whether oh, it's Suji it, is him. Whether Absolutely. it's whether it's at a, as a singles, he can be in a multi man. He could be in a deal with Naito where he's also wearing a fucking t shirt, just like Naito does. He's in this tag. He's in this tag team with Zendukan Junior. Um, he just has it. And he, uh, your eyes just go to him, not only because he's a very good-looking man with a wonderful set of teeth, but also because just in ring-wise and what he does is very, very good. Um, personally, I'd have put the belt on him when he was against Sonata. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, e- even for even just a cup of coffee, right? Like, like. Hold it, hold it through G1, set up a title match for Power Struggle, King of Pro Wrestling, whatever the fuck we're calling, we were calling that show, and he drops it. That's fine. He, he can go VO. I, I didn't have to, I didn't, he didn't, you don't need a V1. A VO is fine. Because um, he just looks the fucking part. And he's going to be a force to, years to come. When Naito's, when, whatever body part of Naito irreparably fails first, whether it is his knees or his eye, and um, if you're not giving L.I.J. to Suji, I don't know what we're doing. Oh, no. That's what it's there for. And, and, that's and, exactly it, what it's there it, for. It, it, he, oh, my God. Just just print money. Just keep printing it because you got it with him. Um but I, I mean, love uh, printing printing yen because you're not exactly printing British pounds because you can't wear a shirt that says Jean Blast uh, in well, a lot of uh, English speaking America. Well, but. well, you could. It just may not end well for you, right? <laughs> yeah. But you could. What the fuck you wear in front of my kid. Yeah. Um, and their final block night is against Atlantis and Soberano. Which oh, I think that's going to go off. I th- I think that is going to, as the kids say, fuck. It's gonna fuck. Um, speaking of fucking or possibly not fucking, then we have also at four points. I call them Timu God to <laughs> differentiate from OG God. Um, but we've got Hikileo <laughs> and, and El Fantasmo, who are our current uh, strong tag title. 
Uh, they have beaten Bishamon. Everyone's beaten Bishamon, um, except Atlantis and Soberano. Um, oh, also Folly and Bonza. We'll talk about that. Uh, Nagata and Suzuki. And then they have lost to um, Taichi Noemura and Zuji and Zendu Khan. Um, I don't... This is a perfectly fine tag team. I know people want to put ELP on Fraud Watch. And I don't quite understand that from the standpoint of ELP is not being at the moment asked to do anything that I think is above his station or where he's currently sitting, right? This is, it was not ELP that came out at the end of power struggle and beat two belts with a mallet and inserted and got inserted into a program that nobody wanted in the first place. Right. Um, he, he came, he, he, he did his switch. He gets kicked out of bullet club. And then he got stuck in a feud with, with unfit Finley. Um, when the never belt was uh, a prop in the bullet club civil war, whatever the fuck that was or is. Um, and then he won, and then he won the strong tag title belts with Hikileo, right? Um, he's not being, and he's had fine G ones. I mean, a lot of dudes underperformed in the G one. So, I mean, if you're using that as a sign of a fraud watch, and there's a bunch of dudes that should have gone on fraud watch after G one, right? Um, the crowd likes him a lot. Like he works the crowd. He's doing things where he's walking through the crowd and they have the little signs or the little fans and he takes them and he fans himself and he kisses them. Does the same kind of shit that, that Shota does. And people just kind of lose their fucking minds in the appropriate way. Uh, so he's, he's not getting that Taco Bell, um, value deal meal yet, but, the, fan, the fans are responding positively to him. I like his team with Hikuleo because I also don't think that Hikuleo needs to be some big bad um, Jonah Fale type monster. I am totally cool with my lean, chill, you know, Tongan um, giant. I, I don't need, because, I mean, he. Unless I am mistaken, I believe he was a basketball player prior yep. to becoming a wrestler. And you can see that in the way that his body is built, in the way that it's got its muscles, right? It is meant for running and being athletic. And he kind of doesn't have the frame where you can go, it doesn't look like you could, you know, pack on a lot of weight and a lot of mass. He just doesn't look built, built for that, right? And I don't think and he a needs lot of to- these guys that are as big as he is like putting on all that weight and mass is not good for them later in life. I know we as wrestling fans don't usually worry about, you know, later in life for these guys, but um, you know, maybe he's just looking out for himself. Like he wants to carry himself at a good walking around weight and not have to worry about, you know, having both legs look like they're made a silly putty when he's a fucking, and when he's 50 years old. Well, here's, here's the thing. You Y'all want him looking like fucking Paul White? Exactly. Dude, look like his legs were on backwards. It's it's like like that that I, I mean that was kind of a crime having Paul White in that match cuz Paul White could barely could barely fucking walk and I hope he got enough money to pay for whatever surgery he needs. 
Oh, there, I mean, that can be corrected because I guess the same thing uh, was happening to Kevin Nash for a while and he got it fixed. So right. good for him. But yeah, so I I know other people want him to like be more monster or fale. I, I'm okay. I, he, again, he's filling a role. I think it's kind of cool because he looks to have maybe not the same sort of hops that Alex Zane has or that Archer has, but I think they. I think. I think that's a better comp for where Hikuleo can be, career-wise, than saying he should be like a Fale or a Jonah. Having having a monster is something that you have to you have to work at all the time. And if you're just if you're just not that guy, you're just not that guy. You know, like wrestling is who you are turned up to eleven or whatever. He's not that guy. He is. Someone who's chill, laid back, likes to have fun, wants to, you know, he can be intimidating. He can do monsterish moves, but he wants to turn around, flip his hair, scream and shout and kind of do one of these. And the crowd's eating it up, man. The crowd likes him. You know, don't, don't fight against it. Yeah. Go with it. My only major criticism I I would have is I wish they would do tag team moves that, are actually more in the line of what Archer and Zane do, right? Arch- Archer and Zane are doing the type of tag teams maneuvers that I think you would normally associate with a tag team that is more like a Kane X-Pac, right? Big, tall guy, smaller guy, shorter guy. And then you're doing things like, oh my God, he's picked him up and he's going to choke slam him onto the opponent. Oh, and doing those type him, of maneuvers. He's using his own partner as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. And and Archer and Zane are doing that. And I would not have thought that that was a thing that you would be doing because, again, they're, they're so similar in height, right? Yeah. And it's working very well for them. Like, they did, they did a new one today. They did a kind of new maneuver today of I'm going to use you as a weapon. And that is a thing that I wish – Hikuleo and El Fantasmo would play into a little bit more. Is their height difference? They do it pre-match, right? They're trying to like high five and ELP has to get the running jump and Jado can't even do it because Jado's got no fucking movement. So Jado just kind of slant, kind of slaps Hikuleo in the bicep. <laughs> um, and it's fun. And yeah, it plays on that height deal, but I would love, and, and they do a little bit of that. I just I would love to see more of it in playing into the fact that you're both to varying degrees very athletic, especially El Fantasmo. I think I think Hikileo for his height and his build has some nice movement and some nice agility. And I think the opportunity is there to do some fun stuff. And that's what I would like to see. Um their final night is actually against Monster Sauce. Um I think that's going to bang. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that's going to obviously play into who gets to go to uh, the finals or the semifinals or whatever the fuck. I think, I think they're doing semifinals and finals this year. Um, but I think, that, I think that's a match that you need to kind of circle on the calendar. I think that's going to play into things. Look, we know that Hikuleo, the the company loves him. They they do a lot with him in these tournaments. Definitely keep an eye on that because 
you you have these two that are off to a hot start that everybody really likes, and you've got these two that are keeping up a little bit that everybody really likes. Uh, it, yeah, something's going to happen there. It's going to pop off, and it's going to be really good. I, I would keep an eye on that one. Make sure you got that one DVR'd if that's a thing that still happens. I think that's still, that is a thing. What we're going to do is we've got two teams left. We have Rogue Army, and then I call them Blue King, uh, Nagata Suzuki. I want... Excuse me. I want to talk about Nagata Suzuki first. Okay. Um, they are um, bringing up the rear at zero points. They've got left uh, Monster Sauce, which I think could be fun because it's going to be another one of those kind of former Suzuki Gun members fights. And I'm looking for that to kind of fuck a little bit harder than um, Taichi Uemura Nagata Suzuki did. I, I think that could be really good. Their final night is against Rogue Army. I think that's just going to be bullshit. I'm not that. That would be your that that would be your bathroom break, um, most likely. And then I think I think that's it. Let me. And then they have one other uh, match against Bishamon. Um, this is another example of, okay, we need to have warm bodies. This is a team. It, it's kind of fun to have them in there, right? I, I think you could have something interesting in that rogue army match. Um, because Nagata was Fale Senpai in the dojo. And we know from, um, Nagata's last G1 that Fale does, does respect him. Cause you know, Fale was doing the whole bow thing. Um, and their and their you know their G one match together, um, but and then you know Suzuki's interaction with Tai Chi and Archer, but outside of that, I'm not quite sure why we have these guys in this when this is a slot. I'd almost like, especially if they're going zero points, you could have easily if if if. At best, they're going to get like maybe one point on the final night kind of deal. Uh, I think you could have had Loibe and and Nakashima in here as 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 your young lion. I think they're I think they're calling themselves young bloods. I think these two combined age one hundred and nine, right? Like it's it's tough to get excited for them, but I love them so much. I love Suzuki. I love Nagata. And I was so excited for this when they, when they announced, Oh, these two after, you know, 40 years of being rivals, they're actually gonna, they're going to team together and uh, they've earned each other's respect. And it looks like they still can't fucking stand each other. Like I I figured, Oh, oh, maybe that was going to be something that changes over the course of it. No, they haven't even dropped speeds that that's going to change. They just, it's like they had one card left to throw out. So they did like, this is, this is nothing. It's a nothing tag team with two of my favorite, my favorite dudes that I've watched for so much of my life. And I just have nothing for it. And it's so, it's so insane to me. The one time that I even remembered that these two were in the tournament was when they had the match with, uh, with Tai Chi. And I was like, Oh, that was a good moment. Like after that, it was completely just like out of my brain. 
It's like it went in one ear and out the other. It went in one eye and out the other, if that's a thing, I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, there's nothing there for me. And it's so sad because I love them both so much. I just don't care. They're, they're not telling any stories. They're putting on just fine matches and nothing's developing. And I'm, I'm bummed. I'm bummed about it, man. I really am. I just, I, I like them together. I like the, in, I, in, in concept and on paper, it sounds awesome. I just don't like it in world tag league. Nope. I, uh, if, if this was part of some like undercards on a road two series, like road to Duntaku, like, then, yeah. then this would be fun, right? They come in, they come out, they have five, five, ten minute undercard match, make some funny faces, angrily, you know, tag each other in. Fine, we go on and have our day. Um, it just makes no fucking sense in this world tag league. Um, and there's a bunch of other dudes that you could have given this slot to. And especially again, if if your aim is at best, maybe they roll out of here with two points. If not, just just go completely over. Anybody could have fulfilled this role and not told us and, and maybe told maybe a slightly told a story. Um, right. Or at least. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what we're doing here. Um, it's it's inoffensive, but it's not even getting my blood going in a way that Suzuki and Nagata could. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sitting here going like, Oh, I want them to get that one, get that one win. They haven't won yet, but come on boys. I believe in you. I like nothing. There's nothing here. Um, we, we could have Lala and Rosser. Oh my God, dude, we could have had the fucking West coast wrecking crew. Uh, I, I fear that the company might in Japan view West coast, West Coast Wrecking Crew as juniors? Um, Bro, are you kidding me? I, I, Shingo. Shingo. West Coast Daddy Crew? Get uh, out of here with that. I, I, either way, I mean, yeah, we could have West Coast, West Coast Wrecking Crew. God, if I could speak today. Um, we could I have Lawler. We could have Lawler and Rosser. We could have had, you know, Nakashima and Loy Bay. Uh, the point I is, right, Nakashima uh, and Loibe would have been great. Uh, my point ultimately is, there's at least a half a dozen teams that you could have put in above Nagata and Suzuki, get them two points at best, and maybe might have had more compelling matches, more memorable matches than what we're getting. Yeah. Um. It's definitely the most disappointing part of this, the World Tag League that I thought was on on paper is going to like might go down as my favorite World Tag League ever. Like that was one of the things that I was really looking forward to and uh, it's done nothing for me. And it's it's I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not upset. There are two men in their mid 50s. I'm. I'm just sad because I know that there's more that could be done with it. Well, especially when we go and we look at Rogue Army and yeah, they got two points, but I can't believe I'm fucking saying this, that in the year of our Lord, 2023, Jack Bonza has got some fucking working boots on. Dude, Jack Bonza knows that he's like 
he's on a big stage right now and he's doing his best. Um, I think also, you know, Fale is, isn't a hundred percent, uh, at all like he's not he's not working at 100 percent. i don't think he has been in a while and so bonza kind of knows bonza's about that life he's gonna he's gonna give 110 every single fucking night like when he's when he's got these big eyes on him and stuff like i've seen enough pwa uh in the in the past to know that like bonza is gonna fucking go when he when he has to when he's got to carry somebody he'll carry somebody when he's got to put somebody over he'll put somebody over and he's looking great doing it. Oh, I, and and he is fucking caring, Fale. Fale yeah, is. is not maybe ten percent. I mean, Fale in years previous in World Tag League hasn't done a hasn't done a lot. Uh, this year he has done fuck and all. I think tonight he. Fi- I think someone finally told him tonight, "Hey, bro, can you like work a fucking sweat up?" Because he actually. <laughs> He actually looked kind of okay and somewhat useful in this in in the match against Suji and Zandakan Jr. and and I'm 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 interested to 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 see how much of that is one. It's like okay, you're going over, so you gotta at least look like you somewhat deserve to go over on some level. And how much of it is you're facing a tag team that a has a dojo boy. So that dojo boy, dojo boy mentality. And then it's also got one of your partners and with, with somebody from CMLL, right? Um, and that maybe that was the impetus for Folly to actually be a little more active than what he has been up to this point. But, but it's, it's a testament to Jack Bonza that I would rather at this point, if I had my choice between a rogue army World Tag League match or a Nagata Suzuki World Tag League match, I might go watch the fucking Rogue Army because I know Bonds is going to do some sicko shit um, and carry that fucking match to like two stars and at least it's something fucking memorable and then, you know, fucking Fale with his, you know, you know, Dojo is the fucking Harvard of wrestling academies or whatever fucking bullshit his uh, alleged a uh, grifting partner uh, uttered out of his mouth in that Tamashi Instagram reel. <laughs> Which, for those of you that haven't seen this, so Tamashi posted a couple days ago this Instagram reel. They're like, hey, we're doing Lion's Den 5 and check us out before then. And it's some video that somebody put together that's interviewing what, I, what I'm presuming is some current um, suckers in the dojo alleged (laughs) suckers in the dojo um and like one of them's like this 30 year old from chile who like fucking gave up everything and dropped his whole former life so he could go live the wrestling dream because as fale says his dojo can be the pathway to new japan and tony whatever the fuck that assholes alleged last name is uh he says that you know the dojo is the is the harvard of of wrestling academies and i'm sorry but har people don't accuse harvard of not being able to fucking feed the students nobody complains about the harvard dorms not having um unbroken bed frames and not being able to even go to like the fucking local mattress store having to go on 
fucking freeze cycle to get maybe a mattress that doesn't have some bed bugs or some shit. People don't have, have those complaints about Harvard. Now they complain that they can't afford Harvard, just like allegedly some of your students can't afford to fucking pay for food because you can't be bothered to, to allegedly fucking feed them. But, and, you know, and then, then there's some other cat that they talked to that left Ireland, left, left his job again, totally uprooted his life because he thinks that he's been sold the pipe dream that he can, he can get to new Japan through Fale's dojo. And, and honestly, if rogue army and a Fale dojo was a real fucking pathway to new Japan, it would not be fucking Jack Bonza with bad luck Fale. It would be one of his dojo kids. It would be Michael Richards. It would be Andrew Villa Lobos. It would be whoever the other fuck was that third dude who at the end of the lion's mark, uh, Fale, uh, dojo doc got pulled into another room and was told that you've been signed to new Japan. You're going to show up to new Japan. And none of them have shown up to new Japan since then. And if this was a real fucking thing, one of them could be paired with Fale and it would be a perfect opportunity to get them, get some reps in Japan, to get eyeballs on them, a perfect opportunity to see what they have in the Fale dojo if New Japan actually fucking cared. I, they it don't does, fucking it does, care. It, yeah, it just seems like um, New Japan's letting Fale get up to whatever he's getting up to. Like... This this whole thing is alleged, right? So I'm not going to sit here and, and go off. I'm going to let you go off because you don't give a fuck. And I completely, I, I dig it. But like, if New Japan gave a shit when they saw these, these accusations, and they might have, we don't know, but they would have sent somebody down there right away to say, hey, this is, this is or is not up to New Japan's standards. And as far as I know, they haven't made any changes. Um, like I've, I've, I would consider myself friends with Michael Richards. I have not asked him about this uh, because it's not my place to say, right? Like I'm not, I'm not the, yeah. uh, a news podcaster, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't cover the, the ins and outs of the happenings. Uh, we, we give a very surface level reading on the Okada shorts podcast. And, um, I have been tempted many times to ask Mike about it, but like, <sighs> I hate that peek behind the curtain and it sucks. Cause I love, I loved lion's roar. I thought it was so cool to watch lion's roar and get to know these guys and see what they're going through every day. And then to find out like that was all horse shit, like allegedly, man, that hurt man, that fucking hurt. Cause like, I wanted to, I wanted to like believe in that system, but it's just, it's another, it's another fucking example of wrestling being the carniest fucking business that, that uh, humanity has ever fucking come up with grifters everywhere. Carnies fucking everywhere. And it sucks, man. It sucks so fucking bad. And it sucks that I, lo I love guys down there. It sucks that like I dig caveman. Ugh. It sucks that I dig Jack Bonza, you know, because like, I don't want, I don't want this whole thing to be tainted. You know, it, it just really like 
again, not mad, just disappointed. Yeah. And I just, it are not even folly, right? Like, like it could be Bonza. And then again, some, some deserving kid from the folly dojo. And again, it would be from just a purely watching world tag league perspective would be, I think significantly more entertaining, memorable, more exciting than watching fucking Fale lumbering to the ring um, and doing le- – Fale might be at the point where he's doing less than Makabe. <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, no, the, the idea would have been the, – the best idea like would have been uh, to have some representatives of the Fale Dojo. Okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to have some people from PWA. Okay, let's have Bonza and Caveman Ugg. These two are uh, like they could be a giant bruiser tag team, like something that would make Gates of Agony blush, right? You could have had those two go fucking buck wild and just have Fale at ringside. He doesn't have to get in and get involved. Just have him there to introduce people to this idea. It would have been cool. Um, I don't know why they still want to roll Fale out at this point. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing anything special at this moment. I don't know anyone who's specifically paying to see Fale right now. Uh, it might be best to start transitioning him to another role because yeah, like you said, he's, he's doing less than Makabe. Um, that's a good way to put it. He's, he's definitely uh, not excelling at fucking anything right now. Uh, you know, he's, he's not nearly in his mid fifties, like, like the other two guys we mentioned, but, they're still going out and having the best matches that they possibly can, you know, like they're still going out and doing what they can. It seems like Fale is not even doing that right now. And it's really sad because bonds is working his fucking ass off. Yeah. I just, but that is on, on that happy positive note. Uh, that <laughs> we is, should have, we should have started with the B block. <laughs> Um, well, we can start with the B block next week because we'll be back next week for another stunning World Tag League takeover where we will um, review the matches that uh, three more sets of matches or days will have happened uh, by the time that we get together again and you hear our lovely voices. Um, and then we will also then be setting the table for a returning Joel and Damon. Um, and we'll be continuing to answer your questions. Uh, so we did get a bunch of questions, as I said, none of which were are World Tag League related. Some of them um, I'll table for next week. But one that I did kind of want to get to this week, and maybe this will lead uh, this week, that will maybe lead us in the, let's say, 10, 15 minutes or so that we've got left together before we overrun three hours and upset a bunch of people is um from a twitter user i love kuda abushi but kota abushi but he may be washed pro wrestling of vi1 um who's actually very cool eric from the pro wrestling torch who actually did a very nice op-ed piece about tony khan and his whole um put your money where your mouth is line from the full gear presser he does uh he's been working for um pro wrestling torch i think for as a correspondent i think 
if if I if I remember this rightly, like thirty years. He's been there a very long time. He does. He's kind of a third man backup on their AEW Dynamite Instant Reaction shows. Um, I had a chance to, to chat with him at uh, G1 Dallas. Very cool dude. But he asks the question: Can you each please make three predictions about NJPW in twenty twenty four? And I'll let you go first. Oh, uh, so we're getting six predictions total. Uh, first prediction, mm-hmm. uh, we will see one of the Raiwa uh, Easy Company win, a, win the world title. They're, they're going to shoot one of them to the moon. I don't know which it's going to be yet. Possibly Shooter, possibly Yoda. Uh, it might be Oiwa returning and fucking getting the Shock Rainmaker uh, win. But one of them's going to be world champion this year. You go. I think we're going to have one, if not two retirement ceremonies. Ooh, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it could, y- y- we could definitely end up seeing some of these dudes right off into the sunset. That's for sure. Uh, let's say, Oh, one, I'm going to give you another big one. Do you have a second one lined up? Um, I think, um, a second one, I think, I think as much as we, as fans hate it, I think we're ultimately going to end up seeing more synergy with AEW. Cause that's just, that's just the way things are going right now. Right. It's unless, I personally would love to see a change in that direction. I don't think that's going to happen. I think with Osprey going to AEW and some of the comments that Okan has made about the leadership of United Empire, I think we're just going to get more of the same in that regards. And um, unless Kidani does what he did, does with New Japan, what he did with uh, Stardom, which was... Um, have Julia cry to him. And there was a lot of stuff going on. So it wasn't just Julia, but basically Kanzani went in there and cleaned house and started him and installed a new president. And as much as I would love for that to happen in 2024 and Obari to get the boot, I'm not sure if that's happening. And unless that happens, I think we're just going to see more collaboration with AEW. Let's try this one on for size. Okay. G1 winner, Zack Sabre Jr. I love it. I'm not sure Zack stays. (gasps) Don't you put that evil into the world. Jesus, booze, wash your mouth out right now. What the fuck? How dare you? um, I'm just looking at Zack face and Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Don't don't look too hard at it. Right. Um, but no, um, so I, I love it though. And that's a great one. So, um, for a final third positive, cause again, let's, 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 let's end on a slightly happier note than, um, we're doing more with AEW and I think Zack Sabre Jr. is leaving. Um, let me see what, what would be a positive um here we go okay i think um we will get 
a no. I want to do something with like a big show, right? Um, and maybe it will ultimately be something that will be in Southeast Asia that we will will see like um, growth, positive growth in the Southeast Asian region that will lead to maybe um, not a Wrestle Kingdom type show level show, but something like um, like the MSG ROH. Uh, a G1 show from that WrestleMania weekend, you know, that, that we'll find um, some partner promotions in Southeast Asia. And we're going to have like, just kind of like an awesome show in that region. I take that. Um, I also think that uh, new Japan is going to continue uh, expansion into Australia I think you're going to see a lot of the Australian scene, which has always kind of been like a little brother scene to a lot of other uh, wrestling scenes. I think you're going to see a lot of cool stuff come out of there. Uh, and that might just be me being PWA pilled after uh, the last couple of months. But um, yeah, uh, I really think that there's going to be some noise coming from that region, uh, especially if someone like Robbie Eagles can continue to uh, carry the torch for them. I think that's going to be, uh, some, some fun, fun place to, uh, watch, uh, new talent come out of. Okay. I think that's three each from us. Yeah. And all right. And, and, and positive and, and happy and not sad. Why are we watching wrestling? Um, so do you have anything <laughs> else to, well, no, cause I'm also kind of looking at how much time we've got left and sounds like Very you got to. It very, sounds very like you little. got sounds like you got a got an adorable little puppy that needs to go out. He does. He's got to go potty real bad. So yeah, yeah let's let's get this on the sh- uh, show on the road. Uh, so we know because we've been playing the drinking game of Okada shorts mentions that you've got Okada shorts. Uh, anything else you want to uh, plug? Thank you for mentioning the Okada Shorts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, no, yeah, I'd uh, also like to talk about my other show, which is called Throw and Dice. The Throw and Dice Podcast is a show where I talk about things like tabletop uh, role-playing, tabletop wargaming, um, miniature hobby painting, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can find that anywhere where you found this podcast. Uh, and please do check out the Okada Shorts Podcast. It is the uh, the the son, the, the child podcast of this very lovely Super J Cast podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Okada Shorts. Uh, for somehow that name wasn't taken. Nobody had parked that. I, it's crazy, right? And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Okada Shorts as well. So please look us up. Come and have fun. Um, I'm not as good at Twitter as uh, Joel is, but I like to think I'm all right at it. God, no one is as good at Twitter as Joel is. So beautiful. <laughs> Nobody is. Um, but uh, you can find me at Twitter, Booze Leprechaun. The second O in Booze is actually the numeral zero. <gasps> um, I know. Well, it, there's a whole story. Um, but <laughs> We don't have time for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, leave in, in like a five-star review. Um, if you want to leave anything less than a four, don't fucking bother. Don't waste your time. Don't waste our time. Um you can get t-shirts at the usual places, PWT, um, Kai Y. Oh God, I forgot the other one. Um, not that Joel's been doing these plugs lately. Um, but you've Red got that going on. Yeah, 
Exactly. Redcircle.com. Redcircle.com slash forward slash super dash day dash cast. Uh, to if you want to leave uh, some money for Joel <laughs> and Damon and uh, editor Dan, check out editor Dan at Escape the Box, Lousy Hero 219 on Twitter. And uh, we will get to your non Antonio questions uh, that I didn't get to this week. I will get to them <laughs> next week as we come back for the final week of World Tag League Takeover. Bye. Bye, Antonio. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you, you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.